Welcome to the Bridging the Generation podcast. I'm your host, Malak Arif, and today I got a very, very special guest. My next uh, artist, he's an accomplished rapper slash songwriter who has written for a lot of artists in the game. He also was a 2014 XXL freshman. He's a Dr. Dre protege, and he hails from the same city as one of my favorite MCs, the late MC Breed. I'm talking about none other than Flint, Michigan's own, the one and only John Connor. Let's go. From Fly City, man. Word to Andre Rising, man. We got yes, the sir. one and only John Connor, man. What's going on, baby? Yes, sir, man. It's love. Bless, bless, <laughs> bless, man. Thank you for having me, King. Hey, fam. It's 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 an honor, brother. You know, you're one of those elite MCs, man, that I think more people should know about. Thank um, you. we gonna get all into that, man. But you you've been putting it down in the game for a minute now, man. And I love and respect what you do, brother. Thank you, thank you, man. Thank you. I'm I'm humbled, bro. It's a it's a gift from the Most High, and I'm just the vessel that it travels through. So I'm I'm blessed and humbled, man. Thank you. Nah, man. You 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 definitely a special talent, man. We go get into all of that, man. So first of all, man, like how's everything holding up with you with this? You know, with the COVID, the everything that's going on, man. You know, shows getting canceled and you know people getting sick and just a lot of craziness going on in the world man how you holding up brother well man i'm good i'm good you know i'm in good health uh my family my mother my father my stepfather my stepmother everybody's in good health my sister okay. so i'm grateful for that uh my yeah. my two nieces unfortunately had covid so yeah. anybody listening to this right now just keep uh olivia and nevaeh in y'all prayers you know what i'm oh, saying my, my little nieces, you know uh two beautiful kids man and, and oh. you know and they're gonna they're gonna pull it through but yeah. you know it, it's been all good it's been all good though yeah, yeah, man. Definitely go send my uh my prayers, man, and my love out to them, man. You know, it's it's real crazy. It's it's unfortunate, man, that you know a lot of people have succumbed to this shit, man. But I'm glad you here, brother. You know, you looking good, man. You know, you look, look like you, you look like you ain't miss a beat, man. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's love, yeah, man. So 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 look, man. Hey, hey. I want to start from the beginning, brother. I want to start sure. from the beginning. So Let's so it, yeah. So first of all, man. The name, man, John Connor, is that your real name or is that like from the movie, man, The Terminator, man? How did you come up with that name, John Connor, brother? Yeah, nah, my government name is Jan Freeman. Jan Kevin Freeman. That's my, okay. my name. I'm Jan Kevin Freeman Jr., you know what I mean? Mm. Um, okay. Yeah. So the John Connor thing came just because I'm a, I'm a huge movie fan. I'm a movie nerd, bro. Comic books, <laughs> WWE movies. Yeah. That was always my thing. So I just remember when I was 18, man, I was watching, uh, I had watched the Terminator movies back to back. And I don't know why some things, you know, hit you at one time and not yeah, another yeah. time or whatever, but I had watched them back to back. 
And um, it was like, you know what? Damn, I want to mean that much to hip hop. I want to mean that much to the world yeah. as that character John Connor did. Because gotcha, gotcha. all of these things happen because it is one person's existence. You know what I mean? So yeah. I wanted my message to be as significant as that character was in that film. Okay, that's dope, man. That's dope, man. Um, the, the the Terminator, that's a classic right there, man. And yeah. I always like that was stood out to me about you, man. Like when you came on the scene, man. Yo, you had like John Con. I'm like, like, hold on, yo. yeah. That, that's, yeah. A, that's a very unique name, man. So I said, man, again, whenever I get the opportunity to ask you, man, I would love to ask how you, you know, how you came up with yeah, that. Yeah, that's name. how it happened, man. It was like, you yeah. know what? Because before that. You know, everybody got their hood nicknames. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, talk about your original name. Talk about yeah, your original my, name. My original rap name was Do So because in the hood, like, uh, that, yeah. they called me Deucey, Do So, Deuce because I was the second. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I was after my father. So, I was always gotcha. Deuce in the neighborhood. So, for a long time, I was Do So. You know what I mean? And I was like, when I became John Connor, another reason why I picked the name was because. At the time, I was moving away from Flint and I was going to Full Sail in Orlando, Florida, in Winter Park, Florida, right? So I wanted to separate myself from anything that I had done up until that point because Mm. it was like I didn't want any dudes or any any of the cats that I was separating from to feel like, well, we did this or we helped him do that. I'm like, nah, I want a whole nother name and anything that comes from John Connor, I did that on my own. Like, I don't have nobody else to thank or ain't no guesswork. Like, I took a name that didn't mean shit, and then I put work in and gave it value. So I wanted to be able to just create a new, just a new, um, just just to create a new storyline for myself at that point. I just wanted to leave everything behind and start anew. Okay, okay. So, so originally, man, you 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 born and raised in Flint, Michigan, man. You know, born and raised. How was it, you know, growing up in Flint, man? I always felt like Flint was one of those cities, man, that has been overlooked, man, even though you guys have an immense of talent, man, come out coming out of a uh, Flint, man. What, what was it like growing up in Flint? Well, first, thank you for the compliments of recognizing the abundance of talent that's you know what I'm saying? Coming out of Flint from MC Breed, the Dayton family, Top oh, of yes, the Ready for the World, Terry Crews, Clarissa Shields, Andre and Anthony Durrell, uh, the Flintstones, Mateen Cleves, Morris Peterson, uh, Andre yeah, Rise. Yeah. Like, yeah, it could yeah, keep going on and on. Yeah, and even yeah. till right now, the young cast coming Kyle out. Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma, like it's part of the, the yeah, the new wave. Um, man, my little young homie YNJ making noise. Uh, man, it's a lot of dope artists like coming out of the crib. But what was it like growing up in Flint, man? Uh, it was as real as they say it is, you know what I'm saying? But I would guess, you know, I don't want to, you know, I never want to just over sensationalize my hood because I'm sure every hood in America is rough. You know what I'm saying? I'm sure if you ask somebody from Chicago, they're going to say it's real as hell. You ask somebody from Compton, you ask. So I feel like, you know, the black poverty is the same all across the country. You know what I'm saying? If you kind of, if you, you know, it's certain, um, it's certain um, like details about each hood that makes them different. But overall, if you've been to one hood, you didn't been to them all. So, you know what I'm saying? It's the same thing. You know where not to go at certain times. You yeah. know, know who not to be around. You you yeah. know, and Flint is very small. 
So it's like if you get into any type of beef or drama, you really can't run nowhere because everybody know everybody. Everybody went to yeah. high school with everybody yeah. or everybody knows such and such cousin or yeah. such and such baby daddy is such and such as uncle. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right, right. Like, we it's like everybody know each other. So that's what makes growing up in Flint kind of dangerous that if you get into any type of beef or drama, it's really nowhere you can hide from that. So the fact that it is, uh, you know, you know, it's, it's, it's heavy poverty, but then at the same time, the population is low. And at the same time, we're not really a big city, right. you know, it make it real dangerous. So for me, and I, I want to make it clear too, as we talk, I never portrayed to be no street dude. I just grew up around street shit. And you know what I mean? So for me, it was like, I always stayed away from that. Music was always my hustle. I ain't never sold a NAND drug in my life. I ain't never glorified it because I had family members who was on drugs, like, you know what I'm saying? And I seen right. like, ain't nothing cool about that. I got homies that was involved in street shit and they got popped and murdered. So I don't try to glorify that type of shit in my music because I grew up around that. So if anything, growing up in Flint just taught me if there's anything that I can do through this music, to like make people go away from trapping and get away from us killing each other and get away from all that, then that's what I wanted to do because I seen a lot of it growing up. I just never wanted to glamorize it. So a lot of times I would get that whole Connor ain't no street dude. I'm not, I never wanted to be, I just grew up around it. So for me, it's like, I'll tell the stories of you know what happens when you involved in that life because of the things I seen. But I say Flint man growing up here, you know, it's one of them things, what don't kill you make you stronger. It it, it it makes you a stronger, tougher person. It gives you that thick skin that you need, man. Okay. So um, growing up in Flint, you know, um, like you, you you said, man, ready for the world, man. You guys got Andre yeah. rising, man. Like who are some of the people that, you know, that you, that when you were younger, because me and you not deaf, we're probably around us, probably, probably around the same age. Mm -hmm. Um you know, what were some of your earliest musical influences, you know, growing up in Flint, man? Earliest musical influences, uh, man. Not just, now let me say this, not just in Flint, you know what I'm saying? Cause I, like I said, we got ready for the world and I know that's an R&B group and I, you know, I love R&B, but you know, a lot of people don't know that you guys got a rich musical history, man. So um, could you, could you talk about like, what was, uh, you know, some of the earliest influences uh, as far as Flint and uh, musically, and some of your just earliest uh, musical influences, period, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. Like I said, in Flint, it, you got to, everybody must know, that it's like, everybody must know the, the words to uh, <laughs> to MC Breeze, Ain't No Future In Your Front. That's like, that's like the national anthem here. You yeah. know what I'm saying? This sound hard. Some fucking yeah. people going to dance to get a record a second and a chance to. It's like <laughs> that was for us. That was our national anthem. So, you know, MC Bree was the first one to really show us that, you know, the music thing was possible as far as yeah. hip hop go. Right. And like I said, you know, uh, my dad is a musician as well. So I grew up in the music scene, seeing my dad rehearse with different bands and stuff right. like that. My dad is like, my first musical influence period because in my house it was always music with him playing the guitar playing the keys playing the drums and he played with a lot of different bands in the city so it's like for me i was i'm i'm a music dude first a hip-hop dude second i would say because i just i out the womb i just love music period you know uh hip-hop is the you know, the avenue in which i can express my talents you know what i'm saying what i could do musically but i love all music so for me Man, Prince, Michael Jackson, Tupac, Biggie, Jay-Z, uh, Carol King, 
um Cindy wow. Lauper. Uh, you didn't man. just say Carol King, man. <laughs> yeah, 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 Carol King, Luther Vandross, Bobby Womack, yeah. Seal. Um, um, man, who else I be listening to? Fleetwood Mac. Um, man, it's so many man. Maybe Nick. Yeah, I could just keep going on and on, man. Doobie Brothers. Oh, uh, man. Michael, I got an interview with, with Michael McDonald coming up, by the way. What? <laughs> Bro, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's yeah, crazy. man. Yeah, I'm about to retire after that, man. After that, you're good. If it mean anything, man, to him, man, like John Connor from Flint, Michigan, is a huge Michael McDonald Doobie yeah. Brothers fan, man, for real. Yeah, we, we got a lot uh, in common. We got more in common, man, musically than I thought because, you know, when I listen to your music, man, I hear a lot of different pop culture references. I hear a lot, I hear a lot of uh, references as far as, like, just uh, – uh, you know things within the culture like you know just uh just within black culture things and uh within society what i'm trying to say is like you're a very well diverse artist man you know when did you decide like you know what this is the direction that i'm going to go opposed to being this type of artist because you know you guys got the dating family and you got mc breed and no disrespect to them because i breed is he a legend of me um yeah. dating family you know, not not the biggest dating fan, but I know I know of them. But um, what you do is different. What you do is is different from what they do, and what you do and what you do is very unique and different from what a lot of other artists do. So, how did you come about as far as developing your own style? I have to give all credit to my mother. You know, my mom told me once I told her that I was gonna rap when I was twelve years old. She just said, "Whatever you do, just be yourself. Tell your story." You know, nobody could be you better than you. So yeah. it was like at that point, and, and she was like, and she also told me too, she was like, okay, I I don't care if you cuss as long as it's for a purpose. It's helping you get your point across in the music. You know yeah. what I mean? So I have to give what I do all credit to my mother because she always told me just to tell my story, tell my truth as I see it. So for me, it wasn't never like I was trying to be something that I wasn't or trying to get some type of stripes that I, nah, I'm, I'm good on all of that. And basically what you hear in my music is, is just me. It's uh, John Connor is verbalizing Jan Freeman's perspective. You know what I'm saying? And I'm putting into words the things that I see every day or just the way that I feel. So what I do is just my perspective. That's it. And I got to give credit to my mother for that. Okay. That's what's up, man. So so you know hearing that man when did you decide to like you know what this rapping shit is 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 pretty big right now when did you decide to like this is something that i can do and this is something i can possibly be good at like what 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 when did the rap the hip-hop bug uh you know bite you <laughs> you know man it's dope that you asking me this too man we i, I gotta um we doing a documentary called The Road to Legendary, where I got the footage of everything that I'm about to tell you. So okay. for me, man, yeah, like the actual footage of of uh, me when I first started rapping, bro, I was kind of terrible, but it is what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, it was, uh, I would say, 96, 97. It was around the time No Limit started popping off. And I don't know for what, like, it's like, it's the craziest thing. My sister was the biggest hip-hop fan growing up. All I heard in the house was Tupac, Biggie, Outkast, right. Boss, uh, Lil' Kim, 
Foxy Brown. Oh, time out, time out, time out, time out. Isn't Boss from uh, Michigan too? From Detroit. Detroit. That's dope that you know Boss, man, because sometimes when I say Boss, people don't, they just Yo, ride. I in had there. the biggest crush on Boss, man. What is she bad, though? Yo, she was like Aaliyah, man. She was like the rap version of Aaliyah. To, she was. You know, like, to, to, she was to, pretty to, on the low. Like, because yeah. she always wanted like the tomboy type stuff. Yeah. But you could tell she was bad, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She yeah, was but, but, but aside from just the physical, and if Boss sees this, like, much respect, Queen. Like, yeah. even beyond the physical, like, just <laughs> lyrically, she was so far ahead of her time. Well, like, so if anybody watching this, if y'all never heard of Boss, Go back and listen to Deeper. Um, yeah. Go back and listen to Progress of Elimination. Go back to and listen to, um, oh, man. She got some joints. She, she, she had a nice little run, man. She had like a little two, three year run. That's a fact. She was dope. But, but yeah. for me, I grew up hearing those things in the crib, but none of that made me want to rap. Like I knew that it was dope. But right. that like that didn't make me want to rap. What made me want to rap for whatever reason, man, when I first heard No Living Soldiers about Master P, like it was on. It was like <laughs> it was cool because I think maybe I couldn't verbalize it like this when I was a child. But right. I think what it was was you could see the hustle. You know what I'm saying? You could hear the grind. You could hear the determination. And what I always heard out of Master P's music was that he was just telling his story. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. He was just telling it as he saw it. And there was something that resonated with me with that, that it was like, okay, if this cat can do it, he from New Orleans and people got to remember, see now in 2020, New Orleans is a mainstay in hip hop because of Lil Wayne, because of the Hot Boys, because of No Limit, because of the, the lineage. But we grew up at a time where New Orleans didn't have, as far as the world go, we didn't know about New Orleans. Not so, hip hop. Not, not we nah, knew about Aaron, we knew about uh, Aaron Neville and the Neville brothers. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's we knew about the jazz and my jazz. Yeah. Right, but we didn't know. So I looked at that and that influenced me too because it was like I'm from Flint, a city that at that point on a major scale hadn't really been represented like in a long time at the time that I started rapping. So I'm like, yeah. man, this dude just put his city on the map and he's telling his truth. And for me, it was like maybe I could do the same thing for Flint. Yeah, I feel like, man, you know, as far as like rappers from from Flint, man, and um, there's no disrespect, but to me, it's MC Breed and it's John Connor, man, as far as like the greatest rappers that ever came thank out of Flint, man. Thank you. you know? that's what, uh, well, and, uh, thank you. Nah, that's that that's that's facts, man. Like when I when I first heard of you, man, I believe it was like on the Salvation Project, man. With okay, uh, with me and Reef, shout out you to Reef. Yeah, Rob, Rob, uh, Two yeah. Flow, man. Man. And um, I was like, yo, your energy, man. I was like, yo, he's from Flint. I, was like, yo, I, always, I always knew about the dopeness that comes out of Flint. I'm a huge Andre Rising fan. I was like my favorite football player as a kid. I got his yeah. jersey upstairs. I knew about the connection between uh, uh, Too Short and MC Breed and all that. Yeah. So I, I always knew it was some dope shit in Flint, but there was a lot that there was a gap as far as like, you know, like something that's just really coming out of Flint, man, as far as on the hip hop side, man, to me, to me. And then you come on, you come around, man. And I'm, I'm late at this time. You know, I'm, I'm like four or five years late because the salvation, I believe, is like 2011. Yeah. But you yeah. Around, you was a, you, you had, you was, you dropped some projects, mixtapes, whatever, back in like 05. I, mm -hmm. I didn't know about that. I had to go back. So I hear you come out and you just rapping with this energy, man. Like, what was it, brother? 
coming out of Flint, man, at that time, what was the energy in Flint, man? You know, uh, as far as like the support, man, because you was you definitely stood out, man, when you when you when you came out, man. Well, thank you. Wow, thank you. You know, I appreciate you saying that because you know all of us have perspectives, so it's like it's seldom that I get a chance to hear things like that, you know, cause you know what I'm saying? You'd be so caught up in what you got to do and trying to get to certain points. Right. You wonder sometime how this is resonating with people, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you never quite know, you know what I'm saying? Until you in a situation like this where somebody say it to you. So King, I really appreciate that for real, for oh, real, bro. Nothing, but the energy, bro. Was, the energy was crazy, bro. It's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine about it the other day. I think in Flint, it's kind of like um, like with any city, right? Like you got um, in, in, in California, right? You got your Kendrick Lamars, right? And cats like that. And then on the other end, you got like your YGs who are more like street type rappers. You feel me? You got in Chicago, you got like the drill movement and you got like, you know, your um, Chief Keefs and Lil Dirks, you feel me? But right. then you also have the Common and Kanye, like, so it's like Flint had that same type of thing where there was like the street hip hop scene and then like the, what you, I guess what they call like the backpacker lyrical hip hop scene or whatever. So it was like, there was always that. So, but before I kind of, um, before I kind of came around, I think all Flint had was the, uh, the street scene. I don't think that people felt comfortable you know what I'm saying? Like kind of just doing what they, you know what I'm saying? Being themselves, I guess I should say. Yeah, nah, and I was kind of, um, I, I was I was a part of a time period where it was starting to be a swell where me and the cast that I was coming up with, that that's what we were all along. You know, it was it was, it was was a movement bubbling that, you know, people just wanted to be themselves and didn't want to have to talk street shit. So it was like, there was always this kind of like divide you know what I'm saying? Or the street dudes be like, ah, he ain't representing the crib right because he ain't talking about dope dealing or whatever the case may be. Right, right. He had this other side of the crib that was like, we tired of that. We tired of all people know us for is dope dealing and poverty. We need somebody else to be our voice. So it was, it was, man, it was such a dope ride, man, to be at the beginning of that new era of Flint hip hop. Right. No, nah, that's 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 dope, man. I remember, um, I, like I said, I remember I heard the the salvation first, then I went back to the uh the calling, man. Yeah, and you yeah. Dropped some, you drop you you know you drop some mixtapes uh leading up to that, but I want to start with this uh uh the salvation, man, because I believe that's the one you did with um uh uh with uh, uh Rob, right? Rob Two Flow, man. How was it linking with him? Because I believe a couple of years early or a few years early, he produced uh. You know that what up gangster for 50 cents so 50, yeah 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 that was like one of the biggest songs on that project man so how did you link uh how did you link with him and how was it you know leading up to produce uh to dropping that particular project man i just remember going up to shade 45 and i remember reef just like he took a liking to me like we we had just a, a natural chemistry of just we rock with each other as people Okay. And I remember him being like, uh, and shouts to my man, Young Sab, because that none of that would have ever happened without my man, Sab. Young Sab is, is who took me to Shade 45, and that's how I met uh, Rob Tulo. But uh, it's like we, we connected as people, first and foremost. And then he hit me, and he was like, yo, let's do a project. I'm like, bet. And I'm so hungry, you know what I'm saying, that I'm like, just send me anything. Like, let's go. I'm ready to get it popping. I'm ready to make the game know my name. So 
that's kind of how it went down, man. We rocked with each other. He sent me joints. I would send him back and forth. He would tell me like whatever like critiques that he had about the project or whatever or whatever records I was doing at the time, and we got it done. Like we got it done quick too. Yeah, man. That that project right there, that was the one that like, like I said, man. This guy's gonna be around for a while, man. I said this guy go like you had that uh the, um the big city that big city and uh broke broken mirrors, man. That was my yeah. shit. Yeah, man, Broken Mirrors, man. Love to the people, too. That was the first video I had that had, like, a million views, man, which was yeah. crazy. Like, I didn't know people was going to, you know, take to that record. And it's crazy, bro, because a lot of times when I talk to people, they bring up Broken Mirrors. So yeah. I'm yeah. glad that a, a joint that means what it means and yeah. stands for what it stands for is what people connected with from me. No, nah, that was, that was, that was, when that, when that song came out, man, like, Everybody down here, man, like all my dudes, man, like who was really because we all pretty much like the same type of hip hop, man. Yo, we love that 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 particular song and that that particular album, man. And you know, I, I noticed you, you know, you was just it seemed like you was just everywhere, man. As far as like, you know, you start doing mixtapes with K Slay, mm -hmm. and um, like, how did you link up with him, man? Like, what was that, you know, um, linking up? Because it seemed like you was on a run of like damn near every K Slay mixtape, even you know. The one that just dropped this year, you on two joints on that. Facts, man. Facts. And I'm I'm on the next one too. I don't know if you heard the uh did you hear the rolling 50 deep joint? Yeah, yeah, you on that. that exactly. I was see, I was gonna save that. I was gonna say that to later, man. But oh, say, it's all good. My bad. Yo, I don't want hey, to you that. My fault. <laughs> but yeah, man, Slay, that's my brother, that's my dog. Yeah. That's the OG, the big homie, all that. Whatever name you could put on it, man. That that show love, man. Is yeah, yeah. that's my that, that's what that's who he is to me. That's my dog, man. Again, man. Shouts to my man, Young Sad. It was when I was going back and forth from Flint to New York, going up to Shade Forty Five and going up to XM Radio and just moving around. And again, like when I met Slay, he respected uh, the lyricism. He respected like you know what I was doing as an MC. And uh, then it was just like every time he had some, he was sending it to me. And one thing I want to point out about Slay, too, is we need more people like K Slay in the game because a lot of time the industry could be so clicky and uh, mm -hmm. trendy, jumping on the trends and shit, and only fucking with people that labels are pushing down people's throat. K Slay, fuck with you, whether you hot or whether you cold, it don't matter whether you sign, unsign. If he know about you and you dope, like K Slay is going to support you, he's going to use his platform to get other people to know about you and to recognize your dopeness. So I just want to take that time to really like give K Slay his roles. You mentioned K Slay as far as um, being very influential, as far as, you know, bringing out uh, artists that, you know, such as yourself, that's dope, that, that but but often get overlooked because, you know, they don't have the, 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 the controversy. Uh, they don't have the hype, man. So could you, could you touch on that a little bit, man? I, you know, you was, you was, you was talking about that. Yeah, I don't know what part it cut off on, but what I was saying was um, I just wanted to give K. Slay his, uh, his roses because for Slay, he don't play the politic game. Like, you know what I'm saying? A lot of times in the industry, it can become real clicky and real trendy, and I'm just going to rock with this person because they popping right now or they hot right now or they got a little single that's buzzing or whatever. But with Slay, it don't matter. From the hottest person to the coldest person, if he rock with you and feel like you talented, he's going to use his platform so that you can shine, so that you can show your gift to the world. And so I just wanted to give K Slay that shout out because, man, that's, that is what he do. And that's my dog. Like, 
at every point in my career, Slay always rocked with me. Like when before I got signed to Aftermath, during my time at Aftermath, then when I left Aftermath and started my own like uh, company and started rebuilding everything, it was like Slay was always there. And, and in this industry where people is super duper fake 90% of the time, it's like, yo, that's something that is priceless and, and just irreplaceable, man. Like for real. Nah, nah, Slay, Slay, Slay's dope, man. One thing I like about him, man, is just, you know, again, just like you said, man, to make a long story short, man, he he sees dopeness, man, and and you 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 are his type of artist, man. If you look at the artist that he associate himself with, you know, he's biased to dopeness. Yeah, <laughs> like, nah, he is, he's, man. Yo, he's biased, young. If you're not dope, he don't fuck with you. Like that's, that's a fact. That's a, <laughs> that's a fact. You know what I mean? That's that is a fact, man. That's Love his thing. My- brother case like he just hit me yesterday man so he got a surprise coming coming uh that's gonna be kind of crazy i can't really say too much about it but he hit me for it and yeah it's gonna be kind of serious and when we we're gonna do another interview and then we're gonna talk about it oh that's a bet that's a bet i'm looking forward to that man so look 2012 man you 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 busy man you dropped the uh you know the best the best in the world man this is i think this was the first of the the best of the world mixtapes man and this one was uh hosted by dj don cannon uh, the okay. people's rapper. Now, how did you get that? Who who tagged you with that name, the people's rapper, man? Because I I totally understand it. But uh, what, what made you name that project, man, the people's rapper, man? Um, because I had been calling myself the people's rapper for a little minute because I really felt that way. Because in my in my music, I'm not trying to. There's no bias. I'm just speaking right. the truth as I see it. So I felt like, you know, I'm going to be the voice of the people. I'm going to say the things that the people, the shit that they don't even know they need to hear, I'm going to say it. Like, you know what I mean? So I have been the people's rapper for a minute, but the one, the best in the world joint that you're talking about was when I uh, did all the Eminem beats. And um, so that one was called the Marshall Mathers LP. And that's where the cover had came from for that particular mixtape. And so I didn't want to call it the Jan Freeman EP or nothing like that. So I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, I just call it the People's Rapper LP, kind of play off of how he did the Marshall Mathers LP and kind of salute and pay homage to Eminem, you know what I'm saying? A Detroit, a Michigan legend, an industry legend, a hip hop legend. You know what I'm saying? So it was like my way of of saluting to uh, Eminem. Now, this I always wanted to ask somebody from Detroit or from, I'm sorry, somebody from Flint. Um do you guys share the same culture of detroit like how far are you from detroit or do you you guys kind of share the same culture a little bit yo what's so crazy is flint and detroit is like two different planets like for real like like dc and baltimore yeah yeah Yeah, like like, people it looked close on the map but yeah so see i feel you i respect that because that's what it is like with flint and detroit it's all love, and I mean that in the most respectful way. But it's like it is two totally different worlds. It's two totally different. So, you know, there's a there's a Michigan camaraderie, but as far as the actual cultures of Flint and Detroit, two totally different worlds, man. Do y'all say pop? <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah, we don't call okay. it soda. We call it pop. Yeah. Okay. I know yeah. in Detroit they call soda pop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah we call it pop yeah okay okay so, yeah so that's what? a michigan thing yeah that's I, I guess that's a michigan thing man so look um you did the you you did the why you were sleeping project man now matter of fact before i go to that so when you dropped that project um that, that project that was dedicated to eminem did that ever get back to him like was that what was, was like 
what was the what was his uh, uh uh reception to that did it ever get back to him like as far because you spazzed on that especially on that that eight mile road and Thank you know you 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 got busy on that joint right there did it ever get back to him it, and did that lead up to you know the whole dr dre and which I'm, you know i'm gonna touch on a little bit later it, i don't i don't know if he ever heard it which me and him we met before and the time and how we met it probably wasn't appropriate to bring that up or nothing like that but I know that um I know that this, hold on, hold on, talk about what you mean. Well, no, we was at like what, a, you, a, what you mean by that? Well, we was like in a party atmosphere. So you know what I'm saying? I wouldn't just want to hit him oh, with, hey man, okay. did you hear this mixtape? I did, you know what I'm saying? It was like it was a yeah, you know, it was it was more so a chill uh -huh. vibe. Everybody was just chilling. So, but I don't know oh, if yeah. you ever heard it, but I definitely know. My bro, Mr. Porter from D12, shouts to, man, and while we talking about Detroit, yeah, shouts to Mr. Porter, Caniva, Bazaar, uh, shouts to my brother, Royce Five Nine, Kid Vicious, Alien Gang. So it, it's always been love, but I don't know if he ever heard the People's Rapper LP. I've been thinking about doing a People's Rapper LP too, but, um, and you know, that shit might be cool because people really, any anytime I go anywhere, people gravitated to that one the most because i did four of them I, uh so far yeah, yeah. i did kanye i did jay yeah. i did biggie and i did eminem so it the was like yeah, yeah so that one that the eminem one is the one that people talk about the most so i think we're gonna run that back but i don't know if he ever heard it or not but i know that mr porter did and he rocked with it yeah that was that was my uh that was my shit right there man so I'm a fast forward, man. I'm a fast forward. I know you dropped another um project, right? Uh, a mixtape right after that, but then you dropped, and I want to ask you this too when I'm done, when I'm when I'm done saying what I'm about to say, but you dropped man unconscious state in two in 2013, man. Yes, sir. Like yes, you did sir. I know you had you had a project before that. You know, I think that the, the, the next one, I think that was the one before that one had uh DJ, you work with DJ Green Lanson. Yeah. Okay, so the first one I feel like the blue album was with Green Lantern. Then, because that came out right after season two. Then after yeah, that, two. then after that, Don Cannon did the People's Rapper LP. Then after right. that was While You Were Sleeping. While You then Were Sleeping. After, yep. Then after While You Were Sleeping was uh, Unconscious State. Well, no, that's it. That's it. Yep. There we go. Yeah, nah, man, I'm getting those grays in my beard. <laughs> I got them. I'm older than you, man. <laughs> it's love, man. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I yeah. think that's how I went. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Nah, it's all good, man. But um, like I said, man, um, that why you were sleeping. That was that was my that was my shit right there. I didn't think you was gonna be able to top that, man. And then you come, you come with unconscious state. That was my album of 2013. That was my favorite project of 2013, man. Thank you. I love that project, bro. Like, tell Thank me, you. tell me about the like putting that together, man. What was the vision, man? What was the inspiration? Because when, when I remember reading in like XXL or uh, Hip Hop News or you know different blogs, they said John Carter new album coming out, and I'm like, I'm like, yo, this is dope, man. Like, how, yo, he just dropped while you were sleeping. Now he's coming out with, like this, and then I'm looking at the features, and then when you dropped it, brother. The rest is history, man. Talk about that project, brother. Man, thank you so much. Again, like I say, humbled, man. Thank you. Man, that's so crazy, man. At the time period, 
that I was making unconscious state. It was crazy. You know how they say artists, they remind me, you seen five heartbeats before? Of course. Of course, of course. right? So remember when uh Duck was at the podium, he said a writer said Donald Matthews is gonna be a great writer one day when he suffers more. That was that mm. album, Unconscious State. I at the tell. time, yeah, at the time my old crew was breaking up, everybody was going in their separate directions, life was kind of happening. You know what I mean? It was one of it was just I it was it was crazy, you know what I'm saying? It was crazy that uh all of these things was going on around me at that particular point in time. It was like I started being down on myself, like, damn, you know what I'm saying? Like, what what, what do I need to do to get to whatever that next level is? You know what I'm saying? And like I say, the crew has started getting older. Like, my some of the homies was having kids and where it's like, I need this rap thing to pay off. I got kids now, you know what I'm saying? And it was like, just so much was happening. And I just remember being in a space where I felt like my back was against the wall and it was kind of like I had to prove to myself that I wasn't going to fold no matter what. So that was like the mindset during that. It was a it was it was a rough time for me making unconscious state. It really was. It, but I'm glad that that project has uh stood the test of time and that people still like it's it's joints on and think about this, bro. I never got a chance to shoot no videos for unconscious state. I, I know and that was a thing cuz I'm like, yo, you had the effing right with Freddie Gibbs. You had Freddie the Gibbs. Hey. You had the, the the rise up with Talib Kweli, man. It was, and you know my one of my favorite joints on. <laughs> What's up? What's up? And you know one of my favorite, the porn song, man. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, that's what. It, hey man, hey, dude, I'm sorry, man. Every, on, man. Right? Oh my god. Every dude watch porn, man. Like, come that's on, a fact. like that's a fact. It. Let's but see, that's where the people's right. That's where the people's rapper come in at. That is like, bro, <laughs> I ain't embarrassed about it. We can all, see how we sharing this moment right now, bro. We gotta bro. Be able to laugh about it. Hey, you like made that. all my favorites. <laughs> hey, come on, I know about it, man. <laughs> that's love, man. Hey, no, that's hey, love. Hey, my fiance, she gonna watch this, man, baby. You know, we we good now. But I'm saying it's 2013, seven hey, years this was ago. Back in the day. I was a different person back then, man. I still yeah. enjoy that song, man. But you um overall, man, you put your you know to, on a serious note, man. You put it seemed like you you put it all together on that particular project, man. Like when you were done with that, how did you feel? Like as far as you know, the work that you put into it, man, were you were you pleased with that project? To keep it all the way real, man, when I was done with unconscious state and that's why i said man thank you for saying these things because for me bro the perspective that, that i have on these things is so different than what people be telling me because how i felt was i was uh confused i was uh depressed i was it was like a situation where i had become so consistent that no matter what was happening in my personal life, I had to keep putting out music, even if I didn't feel like it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because now it was other people depending on me. I had management at that time that's like, yo, you know, you got to put something out. We got to keep this mm. thing going. So it was like when it was done, I was kind of numb, bro. It was like I didn't I didn't know what was going to happen next. Because think about it. The people that I'm talking about when I say my old crew was breaking up, these right. is like childhood friends. Right. Like it was certain when that run, the, when I first came out, 
that run that you're talking about is certain names that you saw on every John Connor CD. You feel me? That Mickey, those uh, Mickey, I will always see uh, Mickey yeah. Wallace, Brandon Bars, Leah Mack, Cass Swift, uh, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Uh, D Wayne, real yeah, D Wayne. Like these was all the people that there would be no John Connor if it wasn't for those people. Yeah. But at the time, it was we all growing up and separating and everybody's like going mm-hmm. they separate ways. So I didn't really get a chance to, and it's crazy because Unconscious State was my first project that charted on Billboard. And I enjoyed that and I that was cool, but it was kind of like, I didn't really get to get a chance to live in that moment because mm-hmm. I was still kind of depressed about the real life shit that was going on around me, like when I finished it. So when I finished it, I didn't know how people was gonna receive it because I didn't feel like I was in my best creative space when I was doing it because I was thinking about so much other shit. So I'm like, damn, is people going to like this? Like, are people going to be able to hear that I'm not fully me right now? So the fact that, like I say, people still talk about porn song, two week notice. People still talk about, uh, the uh, what was uh, judge and jury? I don't know. Get shit. That's my joint too with you and Royce. Man. Shit with me and Roy. So yeah. right now, I could look back on it and be like, for where I was at, man. That's a classic. That's a, that's a classic, brother. Thank you, thank you, man. I didn't mean to cut you off. I, I couldn't no. hold that in. I couldn't hold it in anymore, bro. Like I'm listening thank to you talk. I'm listening to you talk, brother, and it's like a part of me, man. Like ah, yo, does he not know that that album got me through so many? Like I was going through, that was a crazy point in my life too uh, around that time, man. And through those songs, man, you touched on everything, man. You gave you, you touched on the highs of life, the joys of life, you know, just just all different uh, uh, aspects of life, man. And you did it your way, man. So I always wanted to know, like, man, I wanted to John Connor know that this is a classic, man. Wow, wow. No, I. Well, th- thank you from your mouth to my ears, man. Thank you. And if, and if it ain't nothing but a classic to you, that means so much more. That means so much to me, dog. Like, for real, if you're if you the only motherfucker to ever call it a classic, That's that means classic. so much to me. Like, for real. Because, like I said, especially what I was going through, creating that project, to know that it resonated with you, bro. Like that's uh that's more than any diamond, platinum, anything right. in the bank because that's what you make music for. Is mm-hmm. we are it's like dominoes, bro. We all in this life thing together. We all gonna have good days, bad days. So our journey is to inspire the next person to keep the next person going when it get hard. So whatever your gift is, is you supposed to use that to somehow you know resonate to keep somebody going. So the mm-hmm. fact that that project did that for you, bro. Like that's worth more than any check I could ever get from music, bro. I appreciate that. I appreciate you, man. That that one right there, brother. And then one, one more thing, man. I could, like I said, I got to talk about that album for, for all day. But that project, unlike a lot of projects, man, of that era of that time, because you know, how music changes so much. Absolutely. From year, from you know, like every two, three years. But that particular project, this like sonically. It sounds fresh when you listen to it in 2020 going into 2021. It doesn't sound like 2013 because some there's certain projects from 2013 they sound like 2013 and that that one still it still sounds fresh, man. So, thank you, man. Salute to you and your team for that on that one right there. So, look, um, 2013, man, um, it was a crazy year, man. It was a crazy year. In hip hop, it was a crazy year for you, man, because you know, around the same time, man, you know, you you 
I believe you signed with uh, Dr. Dre in Aftermath. Um, yeah. So, you know, tell me about that, man. How was it linking with, you know, the legend Dr. Dre, man, the larger in life, man, you know, one of the biggest producers, arguably the greatest uh, mainstream uh, hip hop producer ever, man. How did you guys link, man, and, and, and start whatever uh, relationship that you had, man? The crazy part about that is, man, I had announced uh, that I was on Aftermath at the BET Awards that year, right? But I really wasn't even signed yet. Like, that didn't even happen to, I didn't actually sign until 2014. And the way that it happened was just going so hard, right? And I remember uh, Exhibit hit me in my inbox on uh, Twitter at the time. Right. And I remember him saying to me, like, he was like, his son liked my music. And he was like, yo, you want to go on tour? So to make a long story short, I ended up going on a, a run, a Canadian, a, a run in Canada with Exhibit. He had an album out at the time called Collateral Damage. Yeah, so it was the Collateral Damage tour, right? So we on tour and he would always say like, yo, I'm going to look out for you. I'm going to help you out. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, all right, cool. But I was taking it with a grain of salt because at that time, bro, I had been told so much stuff, stuff by so many people. That I was kind of jaded. And so when people told me that I let it go in one ear and out the other ear, right? right? I'm like, right. I'm just keep grinding. So anyway, long story short, he says that to me. And one day he called me. This is uh not too long after Unconscious State that came out. He like, yo, I got an idea. I'm gonna let Dr. Dre hear your music. So he let and all of this, and just letting y'all know, all of this is in the docuseries Road to Legendary. Exhibit is on there talking about yeah. this and all that. So y'all yeah. get to hear all of this from the horse's mouth, right? Okay, so, no doubt. This is an so, exclusive right here, a yeah. Bridging the Generation podcast exclusive. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So, you know, Exhibit ends up playing the music for Dre. Um, it's that old fairy tale situation where Dre like, yo, I need him to come out here tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? So I'm on a plane to California. Next thing I know, we at Katana. Shouts to Katana on Sunset Boulevard that got some of the illest food ever. You know what I'm saying? We there. I'm sitting with Dre. We talking, we hit it off as as individuals first and foremost. It was like I said about Reef. It was it, it got to all start with a natural human chemistry. You know what I'm saying? It got it has to start with that because um, you could be the greatest artist in the world or greatest musician in the world, but if you're an asshole, ain't nobody gonna want to be around you or work with you. So you know, it was me and him sitting there talking and him filling me out as a person and all of that. And once he got the vibe from me, like okay, he cool. He like yo, you know what I'm saying? Like uh. You want to come listen to some beats? So we go to his crib. He's playing beats. And he's looking at me like, just rap. And then I'm rapping and rapping and rapping and rapping. And, man, the rest was just history. Like I said, I don't want to tell too much on here because the whole story is in the docuseries. But that's how it happened, man. Exhibit took me on tour, stayed true to his word, put okay. the music in the hands of Dr. Dre, got the business handled, and then it was on after that. I remember, I remember like a couple years later, man, maybe a year and a half or two years later, you know, I heard you on, you was on the, uh, the Compton project, man. Like, yes, how sir. was it, how was it, man? Because, ah, oh, man, like, you got a little solid, man. Like, I, I wanted, like, I was, like, I, and like you were saying, man, the, the, the pressure, man, I guess you said, uh, uh, you were so consistent. You were just dropping boom, 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 boom. And then you drop, and I, matter of fact, I, let me take that back. You wasn't solid because in 2014, you did late registration. Absolutely. And you did the dedication for Diggy. You did. Matter of fact, what made you decide to do those uh two projects, man? What why, why did you um why did you decide to do those type of projects instead of like putting like an, another album, you know, coming after uh, unconscious state? 
man, because it was such a, I'm an indie artist to the core. I have to be able to create my own rules, you know, and do things the way I want to do things. And going into the major label system, it was such a culture shock for me. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't used to having to ask, could I do something or ask for this? And I just, I wasn't used to that. So what's crazy is, you know, and thank you for giving me a platform to talk about it, but a lot of people don't understand that. They, I don't know what they thought that when I got to a major label, I got lazy or I got, no, it's, there's a system when you get to major labels and you're under a contract. So it's shit that you can't do. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's like, or you in breach of contract or you got to sit in a room full of people and try to justify why you want to put this out or do that. It becomes such a headache to just do what you love to do. And that, you know, so when it comes, so back to your question of why were certain things happening a certain way, it was because, you know, we, me and at the time, Mateen Cleves and Young Sav, all of those things that you loved from 2011 and 12, 13, all those projects, it was just me, Sav, and Mo going with our instincts and doing what we knew to do. When it got to 2014 and I got on a major, it wasn't just the three of us making the decisions no more. Now it, it had became such a, a yeah. bigger thing. Business. And now, it's a business. Yeah, it's right. You got different people you got to answer to now. and You can't just move how you want to move. So it was... Even, you know, with putting the Kanye tape out and the Biggie tape, you know, I decided to do those because I wanted to, I'm going to always do best in the world tapes. That's something I love to do. I love to keep my pen sharp by doing mixtapes. So the reason why I was Biggie and Kanye is because I'm, I'm a huge Kanye fan and I'm a huge Biggie fan. And I felt like the, the people needed that at the time. And I felt like it was a way to show the people that have been riding with me. Like I ain't changed. I'm still me. I'm still going to get y'all best in the world tapes. I'm still going no matter what I do, whatever situation I'm in, I'm still gonna stay true to my core. Now I was, I'm glad you put it out, man, because um, you know, coming off the uh, the the unconscious state project, man, and and hearing you rap over, you know, always like one thing about you, man, you have your own, you have a very, you you do notice, like you have a very in a in an era where everyone sounds the same and everybody copies each other's delivery, and you have a very distinct sound from Thank your voice. From your flow, you know what I'm saying. It's very, very distinctive. No one sounds like John Connor, and um, I'm saying this to say this. Like I always looked at you as like one of them special artists, man. That I just feel like for some reason, man. I think you were just you're just too real for the industry, man. Like, did you ever feel like? <laughs> I think that that's like, and maybe, and maybe, maybe I should. I, maybe I should just start some controversy and something, man. Because you know, like this, like it seemed like yo, I'm out rapping all these dudes, but these guys are doing this and this. But you can round up a room full of these cats, and they can't touch John Connor, and they'll tell you that. <laughs> man, thank you. I hate, to, I hate to talk like that because I don't want you to ever feel like you don't get you get you don't get your flowers. Because I'm pretty sure when people meet you in public, they say, "Yo, John Connor, you dope as shit." But like, dude, you are really like on some alien shit, brother. When it comes to this music, brother. Thank you, man. So that's like, like I said, man. You saying it right now. That's the that's all the the payment I need. Like, thank you, man. And. You know, like you asked, did I uh, did I ever think about causing some controversy? And that ain't me. That ain't in my nature, man. It's like whatever. I'm I'm a very spiritual person, so I feel like whatever the Most High got for me, 
is gonna be for me. Whatever's mm-hmm. supposed to happen. Long as I stay on the path and long as I stay true to myself yeah. and I don't screw nobody over and I just keep yeah. telling my truth, then whatever is for me is gonna happen and, yeah. and that's what it's gonna be. So you know that's how I look at it, man. So whatever blessings everybody else getting, that's what's meant for them. Whatever the the, the most I see that that's for me is gonna happen for me. And I'm never gonna what uh and I'm sorry, I don't mean to preach to y'all. No, bro. no, no, keep going, keep going, keep going now, nah, yeah, brother. Uh, this is this is I hear it in the music. Like, this is what you do in your music. Nah, bro. Yeah, man. It's uh you know, um, you know, be not conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You know what I'm saying? So it what I always took that as don't don't conform to what everybody else doing because that's what seems to be selling or whatever. Be transformed, you know what I'm saying? Find a more creative way to get your messages across. You know what I'm saying? Figure fig, be become smarter, become wiser, become more crafty. Like you know what I'm saying? Don't take the easy way out and start yeah. rapping like other people are doing the shit that they're doing. Find a different presentation for how you present your gift that might connect with people in a certain way to where you ain't gotta sell out, where you can just keep being yourself. But find a, find a way to make what you do resonate with people that doesn't include biting other people's shit or selling yourself out to do it. Yeah, man, that's one thing. But you but 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 you do know, man, like what who you are as a person. Like you you already you was already given the gift, man, as far as being distinctive, like the voice and the delivery, man. Like, I don't know how long it took for you to build to the delivery. I don't know how you was rapping at 17 or 21 or whatever. But some artists, man, they just don't have that, man. And that was the thing that always pained me about you because you had it, you, you had you have it all. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? You have it all. So I look at it like basketball. The guys, LeBron is number one in the league because he's the best player. So the best should be at the top. You know what I'm saying? Like, and and when I hear you rap, man, it's like I'm never let down. You never let me down, man. So when I got the opportunity, man, to hear you on that Compton project, man, how was it like getting that call, man? Because that one right there, even though that's not Dr. Dre's busy, biggest um, project, but it did pretty good. It put his name back out there as far as being respectable. And a lot of people like that project, man. So how was it How was it getting that call and, and, and doing a track on, uh, uh, you know, being featured on that, uh, working on that project with Dr. Dre? Working on Compton was dope. It was like college, man. It was it was one of the craziest, dopest experiences of my life. I got my first gold plaque because of being on Compton. Like that's something, you know what I'm saying, that nobody could ever take away from me. I even I say that on the documentary that it's like it's only three solo Dr. Dre albums right now to date. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and yeah. I'm on one of them. And that's yeah, not like it's it's artists that I respect that ain't never worked with Dre a day in their life, let alone been on his album, let alone I'm blessed and humbled that I got a solo song on there featuring Snoop Dogg on a Dr. Dre project. You know what I'm saying? I, so hold on, hold on, hold on. I gotta I gotta say, let me add this. This artist is artists that have been on aftermath that have never been on a Dr. Dre project. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's a fact. So it's like that's for me, it's like, you know, far as accolades and accomplishments within the realm of hip hop, that's something that, you know, you put on your your checklist of like, damn, that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? But far as the actual experience and how it affected me, man, I learned so much working on that project. Shouts to everybody that worked on it, man. King Mez, Justice, uh, Marsha Ambrosia, Kendrick, uh, Eminem, uh, who else? Exhibit, uh, Cole 187. 
yeah. focus them joints uh just all the dope people that i met like because of the relationship with dr dre it was a, it was a crazy experience and that's something that i hold near and dear to me for the rest of my life i learned so much as just a songwriter an artist and a producer from sitting up under dre and watching him construct that album and watching how you know real albums are supposed to be put together you know that experience was priceless and that's something that i hold near and dear for real now now this is one of the things that a lot of people you know who who don't know dr drill don't know his work ethnic you know a lot like i know this is one of those questions like people want to know man like how sure. is it working with dr dre what is so special about him when you see him in the booth and he's crafting these songs like what what stands out man when you see watching him compared to watching everybody else man what makes him so special so unique um off the top of my head i would say he know <laughs> uh he knows musically he know you better than you know yourself explain that so going into the explanation it would be um you'll write your rap and you'll spit it and then he'll tell you ways to spit it to make it doper than when you wrote it and then you'll hear yourself come out the speakers and you'll be like oh shit!" like <laughs> they're like how did you know i was supposed to say this like that and he'll just give you like a look like you know what i'm saying and like it's like that's one of the dope things about him like i say musically he know you better than you know yourself he can spit your rap back to you better than you wrote it like you know what i'm saying and that's crazy and like that that's insane another dope thing about um another dope thing about about working with dre is you know um you could feel his love for the music you know what i'm saying like when you're working with him you're gonna feel his love for the music he don't he don't make excuses. He don't get tired. You know what I'm saying? You go. You right. might be in the studio until the sun come up, but the, at the end of the day, he is too. It ain't like he gonna just send you in there and you keep working and he not. Like, nah, he right. gonna be up right with you in the trenches going hard. And this is a person who then sold umpteen millions yeah. of records, yeah. you know what I'm saying, yeah. that don't have to work that hard, but you watch him work just as hard as the hungriest dude in the room. So I would say those are the things is that you know, musically, his ear is uh, ridiculous. Like I say, you you might come in and write the rap, but he's gonna critique it, and he gonna he gonna put that Dre gloss on it, and he gonna make you sound better than you did when you got there. Yeah, he's he's, and I, um, you know, when they talk about having a Dr. Dre versus uh Diddy versus man, have you heard about yeah. that? I, I heard the rumblings. That'll be crazy. But you know what? The only thing about that, the. I've always felt like Dre's more hands-on. Like, he's a producer, producer. Like, Dre, he don't need, like, he works with, like, later on, he started working with guys like Mike Elizondo and, you know, he worked with him and different guys. But a large part of his career, man, he was just producing stuff by himself. He don't need, like, he don't need no one to help him. Right, like, right. Diddy, Diddy needed the hit, man. He needed D-Dot Angeletti. And, and, and Diddy is special. Let's make that clear. He has a, his ear for production is amazing, but I always said, like, I don't know if that would be kind of fair to have him go. Here's the thing. Like, I, I don't think that's fair for Dr. Dre. Like, like, cause I'm like, Dr. Dre is an entity within himself, you know, mm -hmm. what, what's your take on that? My take is that would be a dope moment for hip hop. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That would be crazy. Cause I'll be sitting there watching like, yeah. yo, this is yeah. crazy. But also, um, 
because I've been in the studio with Dre before, I've never been in the studio. I've never had the pleasure of being in the studio with Puff before. So I don't I I don't know how Puff works. So I can't really I can't make that judgment call. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because yeah. there might be something equally as special about what Puff does in the studio. You feel me? It's just oh, no, I, he's special. Yeah, I mean, so, he gave us Jodeci. He gave us Mary yeah, J. Blair. He gave us so, Biggie. Know, so yeah, I, I think that. But as far as just the two names, yeah. Dr. Dre and Puff, I think that would be crazy. That would be dope. Crazy, yeah. and, and and I think that would be dope too. Just for all of us that grew up and watched the East Coast West Coast thing happen, yeah. I think that for in a in a loving environment where you got two legends paying homage and respecting mm -hmm. each other, it's just yeah. dope that all these years later you could see one of the gods of the West Coast and one of the gods of the East Coast come together mm -hmm. and do that to remind us how far we've come as just a hip hop culture. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm so glad that that is behind us, man. Like you know, um, it's 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 crazy to even think that, that there was a time where east coast and west coast was beefing man so i'm, I'm so glad that that's behind us man so look i want to go back i want to go back a little bit before that man i forgot to mention this man but in 2014 you was on the xxl freshman cover yeah so you know around that time you also was on the, the bt cypher you spazzed yeah. on that you got your Thank shit you. off on that Thank you know what I'm saying? so how, how how was that man getting that that call for the XXL, uh, you know, freshman cover, which to me, that was the last great XXL freshman cover, man. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> like, wild, everybody, right? with, with everybody on it was dope. Like, dope, right? Everybody. Like, it was what? Me, Rich Homie, yeah. uh, Chance, Jaron Benton, Kevin yeah. Gates. Yeah. Who was on that? August Alcina. August Alcina, yeah. Well, I'm trying, uh, uh, Troy Ave. I'm trying to remember everybody that was on there. It was a lot of dudes on. It was a lot, it was a lot of great artists on there, man. You know. I remember it was mad Chicago pe Chicago people on there too. Yeah, Chance um, Chance was on there. He, um, yeah, I think yeah. Big Mensa, if I'm not mistaken. Big Mensa, Lil yeah. Dirt, Lil Bibby. Lil um, Bibby, yeah. Yep, yep, but but how it was, man, it was crazy. That was one of those things too. Um, I don't really get hung up and caught up in accolades and accomplishments, but being a fan of hip hop and being yeah. a fan of double XL as a publication, yeah. Yeah. it was like, it was dope because the the truth be told, that's why the best in the world tapes happen because I was so mad that I felt like hip hop wasn't acknowledging me or acknowledging my existence and what I was trying to contribute to the culture. It yeah. was like, yo, I'm just about to keep putting music out until they ain't got no choice but to respect what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. It was dope that that was one of my goals. Like, all right, I'm gonna just keep on putting out music until they ain't got yeah. no choice. And that's yeah. what ultimately ended up happening. And it was it was a cool last time, man. Shouts to Double XL because that was a dope ass experience too. Like being on the cover, the party that they throw you when when you on the cover, and at the yeah. time when Six Apart was still on the air. So it was just a real cool experience, man. Being on that cover, it was real dope. So. Um, you you mentioned like right before while you was uh, 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 talking about that you you mentioned how you know you don't really trip off accolades, man. Where did that? Where does that come from, man? How do you stay grounded? How do you how do you stay so humble, man? When you know you one of the best rappers in the world, one of the best lyricists in the lyricists in the world. What? Where do you go to stay so grounded, man? You know how did that? You know where do you get that from? Um. I like like I said, the most high, man. Like we are like we are humans and we all got different gifts, right? Yeah. 
And I feel like everybody gift play into the next person. So no person's gift is no greater or lesser value than the next person. It's like, okay, your your perspective is you respect me for being uh, great with music and great with lyricism and those type of things. But then that doesn't make me any better or worse than somebody who's a doctor. And like, they just saved somebody life, like in the hospital, you know what I'm saying? So how could I walk around with my nose in the air when there's somebody out here who gift is saving lives, literally? Like, you know what I'm right. saying? Then yeah. does that does that make that person any more or less than, let's take like LeBron James. Now, when he on the court, he's out there doing what he do, but he's inspiring people. He's inspiring thousands of people. There's a little kid right now that believe in their dream because they saw LeBron James do something physically amazing. So does that make LeBron gift more or less? No, it just means we all got gifts. And when you tap into it, you realize, okay, my gift ain't no greater or no worse than anybody right. else's. So I shouldn't walk around, you know, um, with my nose in the air or acting like I'm better than or whatever the case. And I'll say this just to sum it up too. Uh, my big bro, Terry Crews, once told me this. He said, if you're going to believe people when they say something good about you, then that means you got to believe them when they say something bad about you too. So I was like, wow, that's real. He said, so none of that don't matter. All that matters is the reason why you do it from your heart. You know what I'm saying? That's it. And so whenever somebody acknowledges or says that you've done a good job according to the reason why you say you do this, then that's the payment. So it's like a Grammy can't validate me. You just did. Because that's the reason why I make music is to touch people, to help people, to, to help people get through their day, to make people inspired and get them motivated. Right. So when somebody tell me that, that's my Grammy. A little metal thing is not about to tell me who I am or what I am because I don't do it for no piece of metal. I don't do it for the plaques. I don't do it for the bread. I don't, I don't do it for none of that. I do what I do because there's somebody out there that don't feel like anybody understands what they're going through. So when somebody be like, yo, I felt you. That's my Grammy. That's my check. That's my moment. That's my BET Awards. That's my cover of a magazine because that's the reason why I do it. Nah, that's hey man. That's bro, brother. That that's real touching, man. Because I hearing you talk like that, I know that there's hope, man, for hip hop, man. When everybody, you know, everybody's so down on hip hop and it's, it's it's real divided right now with the um the younger generation, older generation, and just so many different. Uh, negative things uh, that, that's within the culture kind of outshining the uh, the positive things in the culture, man. There's so many beautiful things in this in the culture. And when I hear you talk like that, man, I know that we gonna be all right, man. man you know. Thank you. But I, I also want to take the time to thank you because it's because we live in an age where now everybody can have a voice, and you got this platform, and you sharing it with an artist like me. It's like you know just keeping it real a lot of times like labels don't be feeling like it's no bread or no money or nothing to gain in uh artists like myself that's trying to tell people to wisen up smarten up you know treat people better whatever whatever it is you know the bread gonna come from you know shake your ass sell dope you know what i'm saying so it's like with an independent artist like myself you giving me a platform and to bringing me to your audience and allowing me this time to talk and share my story means more than you'll ever know. And I'm thanking you. And I really appreciate that, man. Nah, no doubt. Uh, bro, I'm I'm at a loss of words, man, because like I said, man, brother, when I'm told when I think of elite MCs, man, you ask anybody around me, man, they say, Man, you always have some John Connor, man. Oh, you talking about John Connor. John Connor. I mean, like, hey, yo, but look. Man. 
Okay, okay. I'm keep talking about John Connor, but y'all not bringing me nobody that's better. Like you, okay, <laughs> bringing me guys that's just this guy's just as good. But we talk about better. Like, Dang. come on, man. So I just had to get that out there, man. Like I've been, a, I've been, a, I've been a fan for a long time, brother. Hey, this ain't Dang. just thought a year ago, two years ago, five years ago. We going twelve plus years, man. So thank you. And let's nah, keep nah. getting them. Let's <laughs> keep getting them. We gonna keep getting them, man. Yeah, man, we go. We go, as long as uh, you got air in your lungs, man. I, I, I hope that you continue, man, to continue to inspire the culture, man, right. and give us this, this, you know, this motivation, man, to just go out here and be ourselves, man. Because we, when we look at you and we listen to you, that's what we get, man. Like you, one of the reasons why I decided to step out on my own and be who I am, man. I could have went down this avenue to, you know, the popular route, man, and interview the guys that's doing all the nonsense. But I was like, man, you know what? It's, it's joy. And I think this is the, I think this is kind of like summing up kind of what you're saying as well. There's joy in being who you are and being and 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 utilizing what you do best and bringing great and getting greatness out of that by being yourself. So absolutely. You know, you that's, just said it. <laughs> that's yeah. dope, man. so look, I want to I want to touch on something, man. You know, you was talking about just being, a, you know, as far as like being a good person and and all of that, man. I remember. You know, when the whole Flint water uh, crisis happened, man, back in, what was we talking, 2017? Which I is still going on. Yeah, I, and, and I remember seeing you out there on the front lines, man. I remember I was on Twitter, and, um, you know, I see you out there with the trucks and everything, man. Can you tell me, you know, how has that uh, affected the city, and how has that galvanized the people, man? And, you know, how has that affected you as well? Well, man, like a lot of things, and thank you for asking about that, because a lot of people think that it's over. It's not. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, the water is still not safe to bathe in or drink. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Like, and I'm in the trenches right now. I'm in Flint right now. You know what I'm saying? So the thing about it is you got to get real creative. I've become an expert at knowing how to, whenever I'm in Flint, I know how to take a shower using uh, bottles of water, which is crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? But that's the reality. Hold up. Time out, time out, time out. You telling me you guys got to, you can't use the water to bathe? No, or you'll start breaking out. Like, I remember when I, I would come back and forth to visit, right? Because, you know, my mom's like, oh, it ain't that bad, whatever the case may be. Man, I'd take a shower and I'm breaking the fuck out. I'm like, yo, I'm like, what the fuck? And I'm sorry, can I cuss on here? Yeah, yeah, come on, yeah, hell okay. yeah. Yeah, so I'm like tripping because that that's a real thing. And the first time I broke, I'm like never again. I'm like, my whenever I come here, I'll just do the bottle water thing. Like you know what I'm saying? It is what it is, you know. But that's the reality of it. And it's kids that's ending up like with learning deficiencies and autism because they were taking and they were bathing in the water before people knew that the water was bad. So now it's kids that ain't quite you know what I'm saying, all the way right, you know what I'm saying, how they're supposed to be, and they having learning disorders and can't read properly and can't, you know, it's it's really bad, and it makes it makes me sad that, um, you know, people have they for-the-moment causes, you know what I'm saying, and then you throw COVID, so think about that, you throw COVID on top of that. We're in a situation where we got a pandemic where you're supposed to say super clean, but how is that possible in Flint? if the water is poison too so now there's something that's killing people that you need to stay clean to beat but then the thing that keeps you clean which is the water we're gonna die from that too so it's like that's crazy you know so i ask that any and all people you know understand that you know we are going through all of this together but it's like double time for flint 
because they like keep washing your hands. Keep well, if I keep washing my hands in Flint, I'm gonna end up breaking out and having rashes and shit. So you know what I mean? So it's just an ill situation, man. But keep my city in your prayers. Like I say, I'm in Flint actually right now as I'm doing this interview with you. So pray for the crib, man, for real. How I, I want to know, like, how exactly did that start though? Like, why and why is it only is it only affecting Flint? Like, how come? Or is it just the Flint area that, uh, you know, does is that affecting, does it get down to Detroit? Like, how come, like, I don't hear about, it seemed like it only affected Flint. And, you know, we're talking about, what, four years later. I don't understand why is this still going, what are they, what are they doing to, to eliminate this problem, man? Well, the way that it started, from my knowledge, because when this all started, I was in, I was living in California. So, it, and that's so crazy, man that that thing happened in 2014. So like right when I left to go do the aftermath thing is when all of that started, all of this started happening. And the way that it happened was the government officials uh, in Flint wanted to switch our water supply because we normally, we was getting our water from Detroit, right? Okay. So to save money, they switched our water supply and started getting it from the Flint River. Now, the thing that's funny about this, bro, which is not funny, I should I should use a different word. The thing, the irony of this is that, bro, growing up in Flint, we always knew the Flint River was trifling. Nobody goes and swims in the Flint River, bro. Like, this is like a thing in Flint. We As kids, we would grow up joking like, man, you smell like the Flint River. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's some shit that we just yeah. know in Flint. That the dog, the Flint River is like brown and muddy and trifling. Like, you know what I'm saying? That, that, so, that, motherfucker, that motherfucker got fish with like three eyes in it and shit. Like, like right, like on the Simpsons. On the <laughs> it's real. Every, every every city, every urban city, man, has a real like we got the Anacostia River, man. Like everybody knows, don't go fishing in the Anacostia River. Yeah. You ever come to DC, don't swim in the Anacostia River. Don't go fishing in the Anacostia River. There's everything from bodies to three-eyed fish. And yep. so, Bro, so, but go ahead, man. <laughs> you could have that same description and perfectly describe the Flint River, bro. And that's really what it was. So I never understood from the jump, like, why are y'all switching to the Flint River? Like, and it was to save money. And so not only that, now when you switch in our water supply to from us getting the water from the trifling-ass Flint River, the pipes that it was going through hadn't been used in years. So then it was all kind of like, you know what I'm saying? Like just hazardous like materials in the pipes that was also going to the water. So that's why when people talk about, you know, the water situation and when Flint people describe it, the water was coming out brown and smelling weird and all yeah. that type of stuff. So it started with, as always, as most things that don't make sense start off over money, you know what I'm saying? And trying to save money and all of that. And that's what ended up happening. And then we ended up finding out that this was, you know, a, a very serious situation, man. So that, that's the water situation in which, like I say, it's not all the way handled. The way that they're talking about handling it was um, switching the pipes over and all of that. But then COVID happened. And then all these things happened to where, bottom line, the water still fucked up in Flint. That's crazy, man. Like, it's just, it's just, like, I, you know, it's, it's crazy because that happens, um, you know, like we're talking 2014, 2015, but here we are, it's 2020, and you're not hearing about it because, you know, COVID, but now I'm talking to you, and it, 
it's like, man, it's still going on, but you don't hear about it. So it's like you guys are getting the double whammy, man. You guys are getting the the the, the that the, the water crisis shit and the um you know uh, the COVID, and it just seemed like the government is just like, man, they don't they don't they don't give a fuck, man. And and the question I want to ask you, man, like, what's the racial makeup the uh make r- racial makeup as far as the demographics in Flint, man? What what you think it is? Um, it's a it's is it's diverse. Uh, it's diverse, but majority black people, from what I see, the east side of town is like Hispanics and um and more white people over there. Um, there are white people in Flint, but in the poverty stricken, like Flint is one big hood for the most part. Even the yeah, part yeah. that used to be nice when I was a kid have turned yeah. into the hood. Okay. So it's like for the most part, you know, if you come to Flint, it's majority black people. You know, there's white people here, but it's majority black people and, and different different parts of town. You got different, you know, what I'm saying, um, different nationalities of people. But the majority, majority, it's a majority black city, though. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, just makes you think, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm gonna leave that at that, man. Pray, uh, I'm sending all my prayers out uh, to Flint, man. You know, I hope they uh, get that shit together, man. And you know, I appreciate it. That's like real, prayer, we, we need we need them yeah. prayers man and it's, i seen you out there i remember i saw you out there man you you was out there you know uh you know doing your part man you know and i, I appreciate that and shouts to uh my sis kiki palmer who at the time we did the song freshwater for flint to bring awareness you know what i'm saying to the situation we went on showing all of that so anybody watching this check out the joint freshwater for flint john connor featuring kiki palmer and um yeah it, it pretty much summed up what's going on no doubt, no doubt, man. Well, look, I'm on. I'm, I want to sw- shift it over to a little lighter note, man. I remember just seeing you. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it was IG Live or something, man, but you was chopping it up with DJ Paul, man. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, how's your relationship with uh DJ Paul now, man? I know you was, you know, you had a couple of joints with him uh, on on two of his project. Matter of fact, how did that come about? Come come about because DJ Paul and John Connor are like at the two opposite spectrums man when you think about it man and when i saw you on his uh one of his projects a couple of years back it was it blew my mind so talk 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 about that a little bit that's my big brother that's my dog that's my homie my ace man if if i if dj paul needed a blood transfusion and we matched i would do it in a heartbeat if he needed an organ because man, the way that it happened, and I'll express why I feel that way about me and his relationship. Well, the way that it happened is crazy as shit. Regardless of the style of hip hop that I do, I grew up on Southern hip hop heavy. Oh, I was a legend. Three six, Paul, Juice Man, legends. Bruh, yeah. Lord Infamous, God bless yeah. the dead. Coops the nigga, God bless the dead. Like you know what I'm saying, but I was a big No Limit Cash Money three six. That was far as from the south. That was I was on it. You know what I'm saying? Like them, I love southern hip hop, right? What is it? Let me let me ask this real quick. And I don't want to. Please don't forget your train of thought. No, I want to interject real quick. Like, what is it with Michigan and their, um, you know, like their, their affinity, man, for like southern hip hop? Like, I know in Detroit they love Jeezy. Jeezy's a god in Detroit, man, and. You know, like like Flint, man. I know you guys, you you guys love a lot of Southern hip hop, man. Why do you think it's is? And, and no, I'm not saying there's nothing wrong no, with no, it. No, no, absolutely. Just, it's just it's it's just it's it's um it's very profound 
when you see, you know, Flint is at the top of the, the United States and then you got the South. So I always wonder, like, how, where's the connection, you know? If I had to say, if I had to, like, address any connection, I would say all of our grandparents and shit is from the South, for, for the most part, in Flint and, like, Detroit, right? Because... Yeah. Our grandparents migrated from Mississippi, from Atlanta, from back back when the automotive industry was really popping in Michigan. It mm. was a lot of black folks coming from the south up to Michigan to get these dope ass jobs at the right. time, like in these plants. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. To become auto workers. Like my grandmother was from uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and uh, and my my papa was from Mississippi. I hope I think I might have got them mixed up. I think my papa was from Tuscaloosa, <laughs> Alabama. And then my grandmother is from Mississippi. Either way, mama don't be mad at me for that. But you know what I'm saying? But one of my grandparents was from Alabama, one of them from Mississippi. But for the most part in Michigan, that's a lot of our story that our grandparents and they was from the South and came up to Flint and Detroit to get these jobs in the plant. You know what I'm saying? So if I can make any connection to why like we love Southern hip hop like that is because our roots, all of our roots go to the South. But it's like for the for us, it's like a lot of our grandparents came up here doing that big boom in the automotive industry, and that's kind of why we, I guess, gravitate to southern hip hop. Okay, okay. I know also noticed, man, like a lot of you guys, you know, uh kind of like you, you know, but I, I guess you know, being in the Midwest, that's considered that's the Midwest, right? Absolutely. Um, you know, I also noticed, man, a lot of people, like I know a couple of people from like Detroit, they uh, they like a lot of uh, West Coast music too, man. Like even Breed, like I remember, you know, for a time, man, like he was just, he was rocking with the, you know, yeah. kind of, <laughs> I don't want to say it, but, but, nah, but when I, outside, when I looking in, outside looking in, it looked like, it looked like he was kind of rocking with the West Coast. With the West. Was, See, that's crazy, right? Bro, when I am, am, am I am I out of line for saying that? Though? No, not at all. When I first met DOC, the first thing that he said to me was, "You from Flint?" And I was like, "Yeah." Hey, he like Eric Breed. That's the first thing that came out of his mouth. Like yeah. Breed really was heavy in the West. Like, yeah. like obviously, got to get mine with Tupac. And like I said, with Wayne, well, yeah. Andre Rising, that was shot at uh Andre Rising's house. Andre Rising house, right? So you know what I'm saying? Like, so Flint ties. The fact of the matter is, like, when you bring up the fact that we in the Midwest is like we a melting pot for everything. It's like we was this we was listening to everything because for a long time we didn't really have a sound. So right. but we heard everything. We was yeah. hearing the East Coast. We hearing the West Coast. We hearing yeah. down south. We hearing everything. So it's like we had a love for everything that was going on because for a long time we didn't have really an artist or a distinct sound to call our own. We just okay. embraced everything. Okay. Okay. So, so, so look, I, like I said, man, I remember you did the joint, you did it. You was on a couple of, man, you've been on some real dope projects, man. I want to, one of my favorite tracks that you did was with Saha, man, on his, his story. Wait, wait, wait. Did I get a chance to finish the DJ Paul thing? No, yeah, I, I, I was about to go ahead. Go ahead. Please okay. go. Please. No, please I didn't, if you was going back to I just was making sure yeah. you didn't lose your train of thought. Nah, nah, please go back to that, man. Talk about that really. Cause those two songs, man, Tell me about how you link up with Paul and and and, and how y'all relationship come about as far as far as putting out music. So funny story, how I end up linking with DJ Paul. Obviously, grew up a fan of Three Six Mafia, and uh, I, I I'll cut it short. So no 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 please, no 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 don't don't cut it. I, I want to hear this man because I'm a huge okay. Paul fan and I'm a huge John Connor fan man. So so it's man, up to you. It's up to it's you. It's crazy. So I'm sitting in my bed. I'm in California. 
I'm watching Wife Swap, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. See, you ain't noticed where this story was going. So, Yo, do that show still come on? I don't think so. But yeah, I think yeah. it's I think this episode is still on the internet. Y'all get fact check me if y'all want, right? Yeah, yeah. Go so ahead. I'm watching, I'm watching, uh, I'm watching wife swap. And DJ Paul swaps wives with Plexico Burris, right? Now I knew Plex, you know what I'm saying, from Michigan Mo- State. From Michigan State, because of Mo- yeah. right? So I hit Plex like Plex. Do you still keep in contact with DJ Four? And he was like, "Yeah, that's my man." I'm like, "Man, bro, I'm a huge fan. I want to work with dude. Grew up listening to him." He like, "Yeah, I'm gonna connect the dots." He connected the dots. Next thing I know, Paul came to the studio, and once again, it all go back to just connecting and vibing as people. Yeah, yeah. But the reason why beyond the music, like DJ Paul is my brother for life, because it was times that I had to learn things in the music business the hard way. You know what I'm saying? And I remember him asking me like, "Yo." Like, Connor, like, is you good financially? You know what I'm saying? Because he like, yo, you've been signed for a minute. The album haven't came out. So are you good? And it wasn't a lot of motherfuckers asking, are you good? It was people calling me about verses. It was people that was trying to use me to get to Dre. It was people that everybody had their motive and their agenda. And it was it was a weird time for me because it felt like, damn, like, ain't nobody even giving a fuck about how I'm actually doing spiritually or just in my regular life. And Paul was one of them people like, who taught me the game, who like yeah. sat me down, like, nah, know your business, know this, know that, know that you can get paid from this, know that Man. you can get this, this, that, and the third. It was a conversation that nobody had had with me up until that point, and nobody had cared enough to have with me. So it was like DJ Paul is my big brother for life. And anytime I ever call for just life advice or anything, he yeah. always there. That's my brother. Yeah, I was chopping it up for a good minute. I, I watched, uh, I, pre- I pretty much watched the whole, uh, uh, um, you know the 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 the, the conversation, man, I, and it was dope, man, to see you know that. Um, cause I'm gonna be honest, when I first saw that, when I first saw you on those two um DJ Paul projects, I was like, wow, like I didn't even know that like, he even like listened to these type of yeah. artists, man. And then to see you guys chopping it up on uh, I believe the Instagram live, like I know that that was authentic, like that wasn't just let me just get somebody that's hot, let me just get somebody that. That, that that can wrap their ass off the feeling to you know like that was an organic relationship man just hearing um seeing you guys chopping it up man so that's that a hey, shout out to um shout out to dj paul man he's a legend shout out to dj paul yeah. legend and i always gotta say this too and anybody anybody who remembers should always say this man everybody in the game is biting lower infamous style like you know what i'm saying all of that uh right we yeah everybody yeah. call it the migos call it the migos flow right but it's really the lord infamous flow yeah. and and rest in peace to lord infamous and coops yeah. the nigga from uh three six mafia man legends yeah yeah i had that coops the next uh nigga uh i had that on uh i think that's the i had it on tape <laughs> what yeah. first project on tape that's one of the dopest hip uh uh southern hip-hop projects of all time but look um when I, you, you're talking about your relationship with DJ Paul and, you know, a lot of people don't know, like, man, the industry is big, but it's small, Super at the same, small. but at the same time. And this from what I, you know, I'm not in the industry, but I know I have a lot of friends that are artists. Uh, well, I have I'm associates, people, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. what, I, what I, my question that I pose to you is like, how many do you think it's hard to really 
like a uh uh you know established relationships being in the industry man opposed to just being just a regular civilian because you know you mentioned dj paul but you know um you know it's it's not a lot of guys like that in the industry when i talk to artists such as yourself man so you know why is it so hard for a lot of artists man to 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 be very transparent with each other and and you know um you know be like helpful and things of that nature because a lot of times people be so concerned with holding on to their spot or holding on to their buzz and they scared to give people knowledge information or help them because they start having this very cancerous point of view of well if i help them then is that mean less for me if they if they start eating and i'm eating less which is bullshit because right. there's more than enough for everybody so help help anybody and everybody that want the help you know what I'm saying? But I think that that's why that happens is because people be paranoid. People don't understand that a lot of people in the music industry are very insecure about themselves, about their gifts, about their image, about their time in the industry, about their legacies, about man. It's so I've seen so many forms of insecurity within the music industry from people that you would feel like are the most confident people in the world. And they really not. You know what I'm saying? And that's why, like, it's not a lot of real dudes, because to be a real dude, you know, that would mean that you're confident in yourself no matter what. That you're not looking for the validation of these people. You're not looking for validation of nothing else. And it's not a lot of people like that. A lot of people in the music business are looking for validation from another person. They're looking for validation from an establishment, a corporation, a company. So everybody's like trying to play this game of human chess you know what i'm saying but it's all based on insecurities and backstabbing because they're trying to secure a certain spot or a certain level of success so it's like a who can you trust and um that type of situation that's why i'm not really a industry dude i'm in the music industry but it's like i'm not an industry dude i'm a real dude you know what i'm saying i grew up in flint michigan where you know what i'm saying you work hard you you, you get back what you put in, you know what right. I'm saying? You be a real dude, you know what I'm saying? You be a solid dude and then everything gonna come back your way. But in the industry, you just run into a lot of people that, you know, be so um, insecure just about their spot. So the only way they feel like they can hold on to where they at or their level of success is to shit on and backstab other people. And that's just not a healthy way to live, man. So when did you come to that acceptance? When did you finally accept that and realize like what was, is that was there and then you don't have to speak about that if you don't want to but if without going into like deep details if you if you if you choose to when did you accept that like this is the industry and this is who i'm going to be you know i'm not going to change and do things differently um to try to fit in with every, with all the hoopla that's going on what, what what was the turning point for you or have you always like this is I've always have you always felt this way about the about the industry, you know? Yeah, it was it was always that. I'm not gonna say I didn't. Um, I'm not gonna say I didn't have moments where I didn't indulge. I never indulged. In, I've never I've never shitted on nobody. I've never backstabbed. I've never cheated nobody on no money. Not the stuff like that. I definitely had my times of being young, immature when it comes to women. Like right. you know what I'm saying? Like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you gotta sow your oats type thing. <laughs> but, you know what I'm saying, but. <laughs> but for the most part, like, no, I was I was always this way because I look at it like whether it's the film industry, whether it's sports, whether it's music, it's all still life. Right. So it's like, don't change the rules of how you live life to fit in the music industry because life is still life. So 
those core things that we learn when you a kid be yourself treat other people how you want to be treated uh work hard and you're gonna get back what you put in those things still work in every industry i don't care whether you a plumber or a rapper or a doctor or a movie star if you take the core essential of the things that you learn when you were a child from the ages of zero to like 12 those things are the things that will take you through the rest of your life everything else that you learn from like being when you start being whatever an adult is like you know what i'm saying when you start learning those things i feel like when you (laughs) You learn what you need to get you through life as a child. And what you learn as an adult is thing. You learn how to lie as an adult. You learn how to cheat as an adult. Because when you become an adult, people start justifying these things because, well, this is what you got to do. This is what you yeah, have to do. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? But all you really need. I'm, I'm guilty of that. We all guilty of it. Yeah, man. But all you need yeah. is the shit that you learn from the ages of zero to 12. I heard that before, man. I don't remember where I heard that, but you, you, you're echoing the, the 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 sentiment that I've heard like 20 years ago, man. That's that's real shit, though, man. What you well, what you saying? Well, man, that's that's I appreciate it, man. That's that's how I've always lived my life, and it's like, and if I happen to run across people that ain't as kind hearted or good spirited or whatever, that's between them and the Most High. I don't, I don't gotta. That ain't got nothing to do with me. Like you know what I'm saying, I'm not gonna let because other people are living life a certain way change how i live life whether i'm in the music business movie business whatever business i'm in i'm still i'm still just living life so like i said i feel like most people are playing the music industry game by the music industry rules i play the music industry game by god's rules and that's just how i am man i appreciate that man this is it it definitely comes off in the music i feel like that's why you know people that and i said I, i i say this I don't say this about a lot of artists, man, but I feel like that's why there is a connection with you and your audience, man. Like you may not have the biggest, you know, the, the uh, records and chart and all of that or whatever, whatever. But the only difference, what separates you from these other bigger artists is just the machine. That's the only thing they have on you. Is they have the machine. They don't have the talent. They don't have the, the the music. They just have the machine and. What you also bring, man, is that transparency and, and that, excuse me, that humanity. And, and that's why we connect with you, man. So we need artists like you, brother. I man, appreciate thank it. Thank you. You don't know how much, like I said, you don't know how much those words mean. Thank you, man. Nah, you was you was you was real from the first time I hit you up on on you know on IG, man. Like it's artists, man. I know artists that got half as many followers, half as many followers as you do. Half and you know, they have like when I first started doing this, man, I wouldn't even get a response. And I'm like, you're not even as big as this right. dude or whatever. Right. But but you know what I'm saying? So I like I'm I'm not in the industry, but I can totally identify and understand where you're coming from as far as the popularity contest and the the, the game, the music and the numbers game. It's, it is what it is, man. Like I I look I feel the same way, man. Like I know I'm dope at what I do, but you know, I don't have those connections like the you know and i'm and i'm fine with that i'll i'll, I'll get there i the, the guys that's on my platform such as yourself these are you artists that i have picked these are artists that mean something to me Absolutely. and they mean something to my audience and your music you're not somebody that's you know man i can get john now nah, like you're, you're a big deal to me because your music is a big deal thank you, know you. <laughs> thank you bro nah. thank you <laughs> So look, I'm gonna shift gears a little bit, man. So 2018, man. You know, you 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 know, 
2018, man, you you dropped Vehicle City, man. You know, you got you got you got Dr. Dre on it, man. What was that like linking back up with Dr. Dre after you know a little quiet for a little bit, man? And and boom, Vehicle City come out, man. And, and oh, wait, so wait, Vehicle City didn't come out. That was the I'm back freestyle. I'm not, that's what I, I, I apologize. I it's stand cool. corrected. Because man, you you had the internet going crazy. Yeah, yeah, I, hey, look. <laughs> I, I apologize. I remember him saying on the I'm back freestyle vehicle city coming soon. But before we get to that, before I get to that about the vehicle city, um, how was it linking back up with Dr. Dre on the I'm back freestyle, man? What was that? What was that conversation like, man? Because that was a that that had the in, internet in a frenzy, man, in 2018, man. It, it was nuts, man. Like uh, it was around Christmas time. That's what's crazy. It was around this time. Around this, yep, it's around this time. Yep, it was around this time. And I remember he was about to go on vacation. And I remember we was getting set to, we were supposed to drop Vehicle City. And I wanted to drop something to give people something, you know, to keep it, you know what I'm saying? And to yeah, kind of get yeah. people excited about the project. So yeah, I'm like, yo, I'm like, man, I did this freestyle. I said, bro, I need you to get on this, like to put your stamp on it. He's like, all right, let me hear it. So yeah. I'm like, cool. We sat in the studio, listened to it. He's like, yo, this is crazy. And I'm like, yeah, let's get it popping. So it was a timeout. It's another timeout moment, man. So, so, so you just call up Dre just like that, like, yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Go ahead, man. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I, I feel you, like, because it wouldn't seem like that, right? But I mean, I mean, when I talk, I know, uh, uh I hear a lot of artists, man, and they just, it, it's hard to get in touch with him, and for you, you know, like. I guess like he rocks with people he rock with who he rock with and you just happen yeah. to be one of those people that he fucks with. Yeah, our relationship was that. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah. it was big it was our relationship has always been big brother little brother. I mean, okay. down to us being in the studio to hey John, uh, <laughs> hey John, uh he, like you know, he Dr. Dre. So like when a, new, <laughs> when a new movie would come out, Paramount Pictures might send him the movie before it come out. He'd be like, "Yo John, you want to watch the new Avengers, like you know what I'm saying, and we fucking watch the Avengers. It'd be me, him, you know, his wife, his kids watching. So you, you know. watched the Avengers with Dr. Dre. I'm trying to think. It was it the Avengers. I mean, I watched a lot of movies over there, but you know, I'm just saying, <laughs> like, yeah, that's not. No, a this is like, great. I'm, I'm that's, sorry, man. I'm not, that's and I'm not trying. I know it's coming off like that, but that's not a flex. No, 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 I know, I know. It's just, it's just. It goes to show you how special you are, man. I know you're not the accolades type. I know you're not the the type that gets um you know uh uh, uh starstruck or anything like that but i'm just i'm just being honest yeah. you know, Dre, a lot of people don't get that close to dre i'm just just being yeah. honest you know that's, that's just a fact, fact. that's just so a fact is, that is a fact so, so, so that's a testament of who you are as a man and who you are as an artist for you to be able to get that close to that guy man and have that type of relationship you know that's yeah all that's right. love that's love we that's love that absolutely because that's what it was it was always like I said, we connected with each other as humans on a, on a very human level. Right. So, yeah. So, yep, I hit him up and uh, we go to the studio. He did it. It was crazy watching him do it. You know what I'm saying? Which is always interesting to see right. the recording process. <laughs> but it was dope. It was dope, man. He yeah. rocked with the freestyle. And then after that, it was on, man. Put it out. Nah, I, love, I love that track, man. It was so refreshing to hear you, man. And then, you know... Um, you know, now we got the, uh, you know, we got the new album, man. We got the new album. You just dropped SOS, SOS man. Yes. I was, I was ecstatic, man, when I seen 
you know, I go on, the, you know, the, the, the different musical sites because I'm always listening to music. I'm always on the Internet, man, just listening to music. And I see John Connor SOS. I'm like, finally, <laughs> man, here we go, man. So, man, it's, it's like 17, 20. So it's a, it's, it's a dope project, man. Talk about the lead up to this project, man. What was the inspiration behind the title and what was the inspiration behind the album, man? Well, man, um, SOS in Morris Code and like the military and the Navy, that's like the distress signal. And at the time, like I felt like that's where the world was at. And it's kind of still at like the world is in distress. So yeah. I just felt like it was necessary for certain things to be said, you know, and, and certain things to be spoken on. Like mm. um, it's kind of bittersweet. I take pride in the fact that I did songs like um, the um, – I did songs like uh, I'm Black and the other joint. Uh, I forgot what I ended up named. Oh, The Procedure. You know that's, what I'm saying? Like, yeah, that's my that was, the procedure. You know, and, and it's crazy because those joints were before the uh, George Floyd thing. Yeah, that was before yeah. the Breonna Taylor thing. And it was almost kind of like people started hitting me when that project came out. Like, yo, you kind of predicted, you know what I'm saying? Like what ended up happening. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, man. Like I just felt it in my spirit. So yeah, the, yeah. the, you know, the motivation for that was just feeling like the world was in distress, and I could, um, I try to always stay spiritually inclined and just stay um, in tune with just what my God voice is telling me. And yeah. at the time, it was like you need to speak on these certain things, and right. it just felt so good to speak on those things to also speak on just being free and being independent again. And like I say, aftermath was dope. It was like college or high school for me. It was something that I needed to go through to come out with a better understanding of this industry and a better understanding of myself as a person. But it's nothing like being independent and doing what you want to do. So it was a uh, it was just me being happy that I could just put out anything I wanted to for me to be able to produce my whole project. It was a celebration right. of me being able to be back. And that's why. And I want to say this to you, bro. That that's why there's so many thank you songs on SOS One because it was me. Oh, the, 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 uh, the intro, man. Yeah, that was for y'all. That was for like you, like who stuck yeah. with me and ride rode yeah. with me and, and, and felt the connection with me. It was like I can't thank y'all enough because it's rappers that have a song that be popping one summer and you don't hear from them never again ever. Like it's people that been been legends and you don't hear from them again and people just kind of don't care about them no more. But the fan base of people that rock with my music, y'all like ain't let people forget me. Like you know what I'm saying? That I ain't gonna let nobody forget you, brother. I ain't gonna let nobody forget you. Uh, my man uh, Tito Lopez, wherever you at, brother, come back, bro. Like yeah. I remember, y'all had a joint, a couple of joints together, man. Yeah. But it's a, it's it's a, it's a, it's a, it's some overlooked artists, man. That that like yourself who have great, great catalogs, man. Like that's the thing. You have not good songs, man. You have you have a you have a nice catalog of music, man. So I feel like we have to be able to preserve artists like yourself, man, and let the world know, man. Like there is there is two sides of hip hop, man, as far as the mainstream and the independent. But the mainstream is not better than the independent. It's just more popular. That's it. That's that's <clears throat> that's the only difference. It's not better music. It's just more popular. That's it. You know, yeah, so one hundred, one hundred, absolutely. Thank, yeah, thank yeah. you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Like I said, I all the 
all them thank you songs on there. Thank <laughs> you, dog. Like now you came with it, man. Uh, you can't that that uh, morning motivation, man. That man, that's my joint right there, man. I get up. I, uh, I, 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 I know him. That's my, my my workout song right there, man. Yeah, yeah. With me and Dizzy, another that's another Flintstone out there in Vegas. Shout out to Dizzy Wright, man. Yeah, Dizzy Wright, man. Yeah, Dizzy. I ain't heard and I, you know, it, it was it was refreshing to hear him again too, man. Because he, you know, he, he he you know he he had a nice he got a nice little catalog himself, man. But you know, I don't you know things whatever whatever. But um, it was refreshing to hear him on that track, man. He spazzed on it, man. The cipher, man. Talk about that cipher, man. Like. What was it like that? I mean, you got daylight and and brother, like bro, you had some some heavy hitters on that track, man. Like, what was it like putting that particular song together, man? That cipher song, man. It was dope because for one reason, I ain't the cipher like six minutes long or like seven minutes long. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that song is long as hell, man. That's because. Um, when I was on a major label, it don't feel like it though. It don't feel like it when you listen to it though. Yeah, when I was on the major, it was so critical the things that you could and couldn't do, right? So okay. for me, it was like I am so happy to be free. If this song is three hours long, I don't give a yeah. fuck. The fact that I can do what I want to do again was so gratifying. Yeah. So it's like yeah. I just want to put a bunch of real dudes on a song together. Yeah. Like you know what I'm saying, like that. All of those people. That's on the cipher, Chris Webby, Daylight, Kid Vicious, uh, Terminology, my little brother Ace Cabana. Am I missing? Am, am I missing somebody? Oh, uh, Afro. Um, it's a lot of dudes on that song. Yeah. <laughs> I, I forgot did. Kid Vicious was on it, man. That's uh, Roy's little brother, right? Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, I, I forgot he was even on it. My bad, yo. I apologize for that, but damn, yeah. he, he's dope. He's yeah, dope. super dope, super dope. Super I'm knocking dope. out a feature for him after we get done doing this. Okay. But, um, but yeah, the, the cipher was dope because I just wanted to put a bunch of genuine, talented dudes. And what I'm yeah. trying to do, honestly, is I want to break that line in the sand that battle rappers can't do songs with mainstream dudes, underground dudes can't yeah. do songs with yeah. with pop dudes. It's like it's stupid. Right, right. All it's part of the same struggle. No you know doubt. Like I that's agree. What, you know, that's what it boiled down to is like if you a battle rapper, like, you know what I'm saying, you you came up in the same pot. If you black in America, you came through the same struggle as I did. If yeah. you make poppy type records, it don't matter. You you made it up out the struggle just like I'm making it out the struggle. So it's like I just want to break these inv invisible barriers of only these type of artists should work with each other. That shit is silly. So it was a beautiful thing to, to come out and have such a dope moment on that song, man. Nah, the reception for that project, man, is is it's been really good, man. From what I'm reading, you know, when I go on to different sites, the different blog sites or whatever, you know, because every every uh blog site or whatever, um, they they covered that project, man, and they loving it, man. I'm you know, I'm 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 loving it. Oh, it, it. You definitely show that you're back, man. Like you 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 ain't miss a step, you ain't miss a beat. Um, who were some of the pro producers that you that worked on that uh worked on that project with you? Um I, off top. DJ Silk, my big brother, we met while I was at Aftermath. Like he was one okay. of the first dudes to like co-sign me. Like when Dre yeah. was asking, like, "Yo, do y'all fuck with him?" DJ yeah. Silk was one of them ones. Like, "Yo, that kid is nice." So, DJ Silk, um, my man PB Rocks, um, who else produced? It? And I think that's it. And I pro I yeah. produced the rest of everything on SOS One. Yeah. yeah, I noticed that, man. When did you? What uh, made you wanted to start producing? I remember. The first time I think I saw you, your your name in like production credits, I believe is 
while 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 uh you still sleep either that or unconscious state man like how did you how did you get into uh you know producing but see that's the crazy part about it brody is like i was a producer before i was a rapper no like way. yeah no way in high school that's how i was known oh do so that make the beats like i wasn't known for rapping like i only started, yeah i only started rapping because like I could never find people that was serious enough or yeah. stick with rapping long enough for me to get my beats off. So then I had to actually start trying to get good at rapping because I was real bad at first, like super bad. Like so, <laughs> it was like it was like so I had That's to really, hard to believe, but okay. I mean, yeah, man, it, it was crazy. But yeah, I was actually a producer first, and then I was a rapper. So okay. it's actually cool for me to get back to my roots and. And now I'm getting back to doing what I've always wanted to do, which is produce fully. And, and now I'm having other younger artists like my little brother, Ace Cabana, like a couple other artists on my, in my company, All Varsity Music Group, that now people is going to get a chance to see everything that I do. Like along with being an MC and the mixtapes is I'm producing full projects and all of that. So, yeah, oh, SOS is when I produce like, like 85, 90 percent of it in there, PB Rocks. And um, my man uh, DJ Silk produced DJ Silk produced the code, and um, I'm trying to think. Who did Black? That with the the, the joint I with Daylight. Did, Who did that? I, I did Black. Damn, bro, you you man, that beat is crazy. Thank you. Thank I love you. that beat right there, man. Yeah, I did yeah. Black. Absolutely. Wow, bro. Like, man, that's what I'm saying, man. You wanted them to. Them special artists, man. Like you know, I I, I definitely feel like, man, we got to give you your flowers, brother, because you've been putting it down. You've been putting it down for a minute, man. You've been putting it down for a minute, man. So all in all, I love that new project, man. Uh, SOS out now. Go cop that. Go stream that to death. Please, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's it's a dope project, man. You're not gonna you're not gonna be sorry, man. You um you got anything? I just uh saw you, man, on uh on instagram man you got uh you got a new drake talk about this man uh i just saw you on instagram working with ea ski man out of uh, california man what's going on with that man is that that gonna be a single is that gonna be a a a joint project talk about that a little bit yeah reflect music i don't know if he's dropped it right now i know he dropped the video so i don't know if it's on streaming platforms right now but if by the time this drop please go listen to reflect music the big homie ea ski big bro West Coast legend, West Coast West Coast legend, legend. So, yeah, man, Ski is another one of them dudes, and I, I'm I'm glad you asked me about Reflect Music because I want to like you giving me my flowers. I love giving people they roses as well. Yeah. Ski is another one of them unsung heroes that where like he's helped so many people in the game. Yeah. He's been that voice of reason. He's yeah. been the, the person that can defuse situations when people are miscommunicating. He's that dude that's gonna make sure your business is tight. He's mm. that dude that's gonna make sure as far when like man, people don't understand as a mix engineer, he has such a keen ear. So wow. I'll send ski my records. It, it only it could be records he ain't even got nothing to do with. I'll right. just send it to him, like, hey bro, what should I do different on this? He one of those yeah. people. So our bond as well is like big brother, little brother. So it's like that joint reflect music is crazy, produced by EA Ski. And I'm humbled and honored to be on the record. Like I say, to share the mic with uh, a West Coast legend, man, it's crazy. But reflect music. Go check out the video now. Yeah, man. Hey, I already checked it out. It's dope. That's why I said, man, I, I'm not about to in- lead this uh, this interview without talking about it, but without, uh, you know, giving giving you your props for, uh, you know, uh, you and Ieski, man, for, for putting that together, man. So I'm, I'm loving it. What I'm what I'm, I'm loving. 
I'm loving it. I'm loving what I'm hearing from you, man. You you ain't miss a beat. You ain't miss a step. You got right. anything else coming, man? You know, I know you got the all varsity. Now, talk about that a little bit, man. When did you decide to start? I forgot to mention that, man, before I before we end this interview, man. Uh, talk about all varsity uh, music, man. When did you decide to, uh, you know, put that together? Well, man, that's something that I've always wanted to do. Like, even since high school. And like I say, we talk about it in the documentary, The Road to Legendary, which is coming soon. But I actually started my own company when I was 14 years old. Shouts out to one of my childhood friends, this cat named Jason Monk. When we were 14 years old, 13, 14, we started our own company. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like I've always had that mindset of wanting to own my own company and do my own thing and get a game to younger artists and, like, you know, steer them on the right path. So now I'm actually is coming to fruition and, and I'm actually getting a chance to do it and I'm blessed. And that is is like, man, it's on. So all varsity music group right now. Um, my project SOS2 is on the way. The Road to Legendary docuseries is on the way from all varsity music group. My little brother Ace Cabana, I produced his old project. I think 90. Well, 90 where is he from? Where is from he? Where is he? he from Flint? Yep, he from Flint. He's from the crib. He's dope. So, yeah, I appreciate it, man. Hopefully, when this project come out here, get a chance to sit with you, too, man. That'd be a beautiful thing. Oh, man. It's, it's, yeah. Hey, say, 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 say less. Say yes, less. man. This project Moonwater is on the way. Like I said, I produced like 90% of it. Um, okay. uh, then also, what's coming after that? Uh, um, man, oh, me and Ace got a project, a uh, joint project called Stark Parker that's coming out. Then SOS three coming. Then I did a best in the world tape uh, full of Nas beats. So we going. Oh, back. Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, you, you know what? I just realized that when you just said that the last the last MC who did a project with all all Nas beats was also from Michigan. Word. You know who I'm talking about, right? Nah, who who did he? Elzai. See, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah he did. Me the, uh, and I got to do some music together, man. That's what do. You guys do. He just dropped a crazy project uh, produced by uh, J.R. Swift earlier this year, man. He got he, he's he just like you, man. He's still in the booth, man, killing shit, man. Like yes, you brothers is getting better with age, man. What do you think about that, man? Like I like the uh, ass artist, man. That's around my age group, man. As far as like the age, um. The age limits on in hip hop, man. Like I, you know, a lot of people kind of look at it like when you hit like thirty, like uh, you know, like what's your take on that? Well, for me, I like to think, and I think I heard Charlemagne the God say this: age appropriate hip hop. You know what I'm saying? There we go. Like, for one, like people, and I'm not about to say nothing that nobody else has ever said, but it's like in rock culture, it's dudes that be in their sixties and seventies, like you know, and then you think of like Johnny Cash and. People like that and Frank Sinatra and Mick Jagger. Mick Jagger. It's like right, Aerosmith. Why? Why is there no age limit on rock and roll? Why is there no age limit on pop music? You know, Mariah Carey and Beyonce and all these type of people. Why is that? Like, so why do we do that? Like, hip hop is so funny, and and you know what I'm saying. I love my people, but it's like we gotta stop doing that. We gotta we gotta stop doing that. I believe in making age appropriate hip hop. I think that. Music is like any other journey. The people, the audience should grow up with you. It's there like you we grew up with Michael, we grew up with Michael Jackson, right? When mm-hmm. he was singing I Want You Back, all yeah. it was all kids that was loving I Want You Back. Right. Then when Mike was a teenager, he started making heartbreak hotel, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's because the kids that was listening to him when he was eight, 
they listening to him now that they teenagers. When right, Mike right. in his twenties, now he's talking about Billy Jean and yeah, he's talking yeah. about groupies and things like that. Guess yeah. what? Those eight-year-old kids from I Want You Back, they're yeah. in their twenties too. So it's like, why do we feel like the audience that grew up with a certain artist aren't interested in hearing that artist's perspective anymore after a certain age. It's like, right. you're still growing, they're still growing, so they still kind of need you to be that voice in their ear to talk right. to. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, so that's yeah. how I look at it, man. My, I, I love the way that you, way you put you put that, man. I, I, I have a very inter interesting perspective myself, but your perspective, man, I never heard that one right there as far as like, you know, like you would talk about like Michael Jackson when he was with the Jackson five and, you know, then we was a teenager. He was making, you know, certain type of music. You mentioned like the heartbreak the whole triumph era, Michael Jackson. Then you had the, the thriller Michael Jackson, but in a nutshell, you know, the, his music was growing along with his audience. So along with the audience. So what's what I don't understand. Like, why do we, for some reason, I think hip hop, man, we do, we do a disservice to our legends, man. And we, we do, we're the worst when it comes to preserving our own culture, man. Absolutely. We are the worst. We are the worst. And I don't understand. I never understood that. Like, even when I look back at like rock him and big daddy Kane, I was like, yo, these dudes were still dope. But at 23, 24, man, like nobody was really checking for them like that. When Wu-Tang and them, like when Wu-Tang came out, people don't realize like big daddy Kane, and Rakim is the same age as like Jay Z. That's a right. That's crazy. And LL Cool J, like they all around. Like we was like, I, I don't understand. And they were still dope. They still was making great music. If I may, if I may, I think that back in the day, and not saying anybody in particular or specifically, but I think that sometimes the it, the the older generation played a part. In their own, um, in their own demise as well, because mm. I feel like instead of embracing the younger generation, it was, oh, we don't fuck with what y'all doing, or why y'all rapping like that? That ain't real hip hop. Why y'all oh. doing this like that? So now the older generation is causing this resentment in the younger generation. Yeah. So the younger generation, because yeah. they're young and they doing the new thing, and they saying, well, fuck this one, fuck that one. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. you an old heads, you don't know what's up. Now yeah. it's making the audience choose. Well, now the audience is like, well, I don't want to be uncool if I'm listening to this dude. You feel me? Because now the new popping young dude just told me that this dude ain't hot. And now the older yeah. dude is sounding like a dinosaur because he's not embracing yeah. the younger generation. Yeah. So I think but what's happening now, as opposed to what used to happen back then, is you have like, think about how Puff Daddy and French Montana do records together. Think about how Jay-Z put on J. Cole. Right. Think about how Dr. Dre stood next to him, put on Kendrick Lamar. So yeah. it was like that generation started to get rid of that whole old, young right. dynamic. You know what I'm saying? Well, it started done, done. to become more cool where it's like you started seeing the younger and the older artists like respect what each other do. As opposed to like in the 80s and 90s, once you was an old head, the new generation that was coming in was like, fuck you, we ain't fucking with that. And then the old, yeah, get him out of here. But now you starting to see more of like now it's just 
hip hop is all all encompassing and everybody's embracing each other. And I think that's why now you still got Lil Wayne, who's almost 40, if he's not already 40, who could still put out records. And there's nothing weird about that. You got Kanye West, who's in his mid 40s, putting out records. And it's nothing wrong with that. You got Eminem, same way. So it's like, it's because, and look at that, Eminem doing songs with Young and May. Like, you know what I'm saying? You look at Wayne, who does, who collaborates with younger artists all the time. And I think that that's what needs to continue to go. It's like, let's not, um, let's not um, disrespect the art form that the each generation does. Let's right. respect it, come together and salute each other and make some dope ass music. No doubt. I always looked at it like that. I agree with the other, everything that you just say. I'm just going to, I'm going to piggyback off what you, what you're saying. And, and I, I'm, I look at it like this, the same respect that you give your elders or, you know, is the same respect that you that when you become the elder statesman, that's the same respect that you're going to get. You know what I'm saying? So and the same respect that you, you know, and it goes vice versa. You know, you can't look down on the youth and you can't look down on people that's older because we're all going to get older. We're all young. And we're all going to get older, man. So with the respect got to go, it got to go both ways, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so look, John, it's, it's been an honor, man, having you on the platform, brother. Love. I, 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 I salute everything that you, that you've done, man. This has been a great conversation, man. As far as uh, just talking about life and talking about music, man, I, I definitely learned a lot. And, um, you know, where could the fans find your, um, where could the fans find your music and where can they find you at on uh, social media? On social media is at John Connor Music. That's J-O-N-C-O-N-N-O-R Music. And music ain't spelled crazy with a Z or no shit like that. It's M-U-S-I-C. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? So John, at John Connor Music on all my social platforms. And um, you can get all of my albums. Well, not all of them yet, but you can get my music on all streaming platforms, uh, titles, Spotify, Apple Music. But actually in 2021, we re-releasing all of the old projects from season two to the calling, the calling part two. Everybody hates Connor. We putting all of those at yep. As we release the docu series, we're gonna release those old projects. So y'all just stay tapped in. And I want to say something too because you told me you was from DC and I yeah. see the, uh, the bullets jerseys. Listen, DC has the most beautiful black women in the world. I don't know how this is possible. I just had to say this because I, I don't know if there'll ever be another interview where I get the opportunity to big up the black women in uh, D.C. Nah, bro. You, you you already know, bro. You got me, brother. Like, you, you whenever you need an opportunity to get you or whatever off, man, hey, hey, holler at me, brother. I mean, listen, love to my Flint queens, love to my Detroit queens because it's some beautiful ones at the crib. But listen, <laughs> y'all be having, like, there's just an abundance yes. of, like, beautiful black women. It's, like, Quality. crazy. So <laughs> I, just wanted, I just wanted to take the time. <laughs> hey, you but, told but, no man. lies. You told no lies, brother. Yeah, straight up, man. John Connor, it's been an honor having you on the platform, man. I can't wait till 2021 come out, man. Documentary, new music. I'm looking forward to these artists, man. All Varsity Music. We love you, man, and just keep man, doing love, what you're doing, love, man. Man, love you, man, love. Nah, brother, you stay up, man, and you have a good night, brother. Absolutely, you too, man. Stay safe and stay positive, bro. Love. No doubt, no doubt. Take care, brother.